This is episode 129 of Cowboy Show with Ted and Wasey. I'm Ted. He's Wasey. Right. Welcome. And this you. is Brinson. And this is our friend Brinson. <laughs> Brinson James, the entertainer. Welcome to the Cowboy Show podcast. How's it feel to be back for the fifth time, probably? Yeah, you've been a guest on the show a lot of times. Yeah, uh, I like favorite. it. I like it. No, it's, it's, uh, I listen to it. I'm on it. I'm in the household. It's, uh, you're basically part of the family. Yeah, I've, I've, I've repped the brand. Brinson even has his own bed here, his own room here. This is Brinson. I keep my own pillow. I keep my own pillow in the closet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and some and can't cross the board with that stuff, man. You got to stash it. Definitely got to have your safe house. <laughs> halfway, house. your halfway house. Yeah, forty six twenty, forty six twenty halfway house. So it's been it's been a place for many a weary cowboy to lay lay their heads. <laughs> the old forty six twenty <laughs> HQ. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so here we are. So what's up? Here we I was, are. I was thinking we about came back another Sunday in Saskatoon, and we got fucked up by the. Oh, this twig. would be like a year, like a year ago. So yeah, you guys get this exact, last time. Yeah, last time we did it in the truck, the Long Branch. It's when I almost got Short a. U, it's almost when I got a DUI last year. Yeah, we went through a stop sign. <laughs> a little too. I didn't know. You couldn't have blown. I did a California stop with that stop sign. I was turning right. Come on, that cop it's was fine. just having a bad day. That cop just wanted. to just mess somebody. But yeah, it's been like a year ago to this day. Yeah, Prince we did our Barney's out day angle. last time. Yeah, you had your mocked out angle. That's right. Yep. Couldn't participate at Barney's. We should have went by yeah, for it's a, been a year day. already. We drove Tanner Burn back today to Strathmore. Oh, really? Yeah. Dang. Part of the NFP podcast. It was pretty funny watching that big, huge, long man get sideways in the back seat and sleep for a little bit. <laughs> we had like four he, bags and him and he's, he's a giant. Of, yeah he looks like and then he, he actually went to sleep for a while we gave him a weed gummy <laughs> <laughs> he went to sleep for a while and then i proceeded to go on the gravel road and washboard his ass oh. back <laughs> and that that's the one thing like i don't care how comfy your big truck is but as soon as you get on a washboard on a gravel road the back seat oh. is the most uncomfortable first time i don't even world. know why we were on the washboard gravel road <laughs> yeah. i mean there was plenty of ways to route. get to Calgary from the oh, but to get to Strathmore though, that's probably the quickest way. It was the quickest way. Yeah. We got there yeah. fast. It's a shitty road though. We, left, like, we didn't actually get out like the time we got Tanner loaded up. Like we probably weren't on the road till what like eight yeah. thirty almost. And we were back in Strathmore before two. The car's hauling ace. Uh Tanner woke up with the rocks and he goes, Ted, where the fuck are we at? Because <laughs> <laughs> he's he's made a few miles to and from these places. We passed mm-hmm. by a we passed by a cow on the side of the road and he was just like just there. Like, what are you guys doing? Just like, hadn't seen a car in years. <laughs> what the fuck are these guys up to? Anyways, I took. Uh, I was in Saskatoon a few weeks ago for my nephew's baptism. Oh yeah, and uh, we, were, we were going to meet uh, my brother and sister in law and everybody for dinner. And I took a wrong turn. I had to go down a back road to get from. Um, basically, they just get to where we're going. And Jen hasn't rode very many like tradi- like actual back roads because in BC their back roads are like all paved. They don't actually have gravel roads. So we hop on this gravel road and I'm going like 120 because we're late for, for like for dinner and she's grabbing like the thing. So like, it's fucking it got kind of sketchy, but like I'm comfortable driving on gravel roads as I am on the highway just because it's like you grow up on them. But for her, it was quite the experience. 
It's kind of funny. Sketch people out in the back <laughs> roads. Was sketching me out today. He was, <laughs> Teddy, Teddy was giving me the, well, it's the same way in Florida, though. Like gas, but he was. I mean, he was fishtailing a little bit to the side. Not much. It was. It was much. For you, I'm glad that we had the we had our containers strapped down in the back. And he was clowning oh, on me. At one of those on the gravel road. Jesus Christ. Yeah. He said, <laughs> oh, we don't need to strap them down. We don't need to strap them down. I said, yeah. You probably, probably should have strapped them down. We Good. did. We did. I didn't think we needed to, but we did. But anyways, um, we got a really big show. Really big show. Racer show. Before we move any further, we got to say thanks to our friends at Sweet Pro Canada. Yeah. Sweet Pro is a premium supplement that can be used for cows, for horses, for sheep, for goats. Any pretty much any type of animal you have on your farm, pretty really? much any kind of animal Brinson has on his farm can do with Sweet Pro. And as we've said before many a times, Sweet Pro is a good way to save some money on your forage needs. You can save about twenty five percent, and it's just an overall good way to improve your herd health. So we've we've talked to many of folks; they like using the product. We don't have horses; we have just have wieners in this family, so we can't really use it for them. But yeah. we know it's a good product, so check them out at your local feed store. And if it's not there, reach out and be like, yo, we need some sweet pro in our feed store. So, and we're also brought to you by the 49th or 48th 48th edition of the Canadian finals rodeo red deer, Alberta, November 2nd to 6th PV March centrium. Come check us out. Check out the show tickets at tickets, Alberta.ca. Still mm -hmm. some left. If you want to go Saturday though, you better have already bought them. Otherwise you're going to be feeling very disappointed. So, uh, and on top of that, we got a bunch of shit going on. Like, Cowboy yeah. Shit is going to be at the Cowboy CFR live in a big way. Daily in the trade show. I'm going to be doing the buckle presentations as well with uh, everything Cowboys Darby Crouch, part of the crew there. Fucking, we have cutouts of us. Yeah, I heard about Full that. Full size. Yeah. That'd be exciting, world, man. It's just us <laughs> and the Canadian champs. It's just weird just hanging out. What? And the watch party. The watch party, man. Yeah. Watch the rodeo. Really cool. You have to be in Red Deer to watch the rodeo, though. It is not a. Uh, it's not a watch party where you watch the rodeo live from your Wherever home. You, you got to come to Red Deer to watch it. I saw somebody shared something. There's beer. It's a good place to hang out. It's a good way to yeah. kind of get the night started if you want to like have some beers for the cabaret and like, get yeah. there and all kind of thing. We're going to probably do some ticket giveaways while we're hanging yeah. out. Like, or if you're like my dad and you don't want to watch the rodeo because it's too loud in there, you can just come and drink and have a nice chair and stretch out. And There's no lines for the washroom. You can just like... Just go hang out. Are you honestly? We did Good that enough. last year. Remember, like this is the last perf or second last perf when we Quite went to the, the cabaret area and we just sat watch the there and watched there because you yeah. can hear it. The sound's really good. There's nice we tables. Can sit down. Yeah, have a nice place. Have some to sit. spicy rums while you're watching. Yep. Yep. Uh, if you if you're not going to the rodeo, the watch party's where you want to be. Yeah, come see us. Come hang out. So gonna be a great week at CFR. Um, what else? What else we got to recap from the weekend? Saskatoon well, was great. Saskatoon was what cool. We're going to go talk about the second half. We'll do it on the bottom. The baptism. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, let's do that right off the bat. Second part of the baptism. So as most people, most people who know me, my family's not religious at all. Yeah. Why did he get baptized? So it was, it was a thing with my sister-in-law's father it was kind of his request that want to be baptized. So that's why that was happening. But me being the godfather, I had to take part in said ceremony. The I'm the godfather. So we go up there and like they have like a whole like run of show basically for church. Oh, Honestly, wow. some rodeos could take some some like fucking Peter, pointers. Peter there running it. <laughs> you call the show? Scripted by Peter Jabrad. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, you get there and they have a program with kind of like all they have all like the psalms and the hymns that they're fucking singing oh, wow. and all that, all that kind of stuff. Wow. So, anyways, it gets to the point of the actual baptism for Walker. So we got me and uh, production. Yeah, literally for one all, kid. It's crazy for one kid. Damn. 
Um, just for one tip. And all they had to do was bring lunch. What was the lighting like? Terrible. Okay. Yeah, you don't really want to see no what's pyro. Going on. Pyro? Pyro was, <laughs> no, the pyro lady had COVID. So you don't really want to see what's going on. <laughs> so, anyways, it was like, it was crazy. So, we had to go up there and then start like the, the priest would like recite these certain, like certain lines is like, do you like accept Lord or Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and all that stuff? And then you had to be like, I will. And all these kinds of things. You had to say that? I had to say that. Oh, no. And then, so the one of the ones, oh, it's like, no. yeah, you, you like vow to like, like keep yourself from sin and and also like Walker like not so said way more eloquently than that but that's just the way I remember it. Was no your skin bo- boiling a little? I was bit? just like sitting there like I could feel myself getting hot. I'm like I will and then whatever. <laughs> so I finally get through all these things and I had to say like in Jesus's name or whatever. And I get back to my seat and Jen looks over at me and she's like, "So how was that?" I was like, "Well, I just did a lot of lying in church." <laughs> <laughs> Like oh, I just like I said before, like to anybody who knows, it's like I am. We're not a religious family, and I'm not a religious guy, so it was kind of a interesting thing. But yeah, I don't what did know. your brother think of it? The dad of the child getting baptized. He was. He's one. My brother's one of those those things. He just like, you know, happy wife, happy life type thing. Okay. okay. You know, like it's one of the, it's one of those things. Like you, the there was her. It meant a lot to his father in law. Okay, okay. And you always want to make a good impression on those guys, but okay. right in the same boat as me. But and like Walker. Like that boy, he handled it well. That well, he they poured the water on his head. He didn't cry. He was pretty chill. So kudos to that boy. It's good. But yeah, <laughs> wasn't like one of those crazy ones where they're like dunking him in and out of the water. Instead, like just poured it over his head. But anyways, okay. that was a quite the experience, huh? For me, wow. Yes, well, I'm proud. And of I you. made it out. I'm still here. So I'm proud of you, AC. Mm. Um, I'm a godfather. You definitely, godfather. Uh, you definitely probably sinned on the weekend though. So. We literally, like, we literally, we went, so, Jen, Jen flew in, Jen flew in Friday, we left for Saskatoon Saturday, my unmarried partner, my girlfriend, (laughs) flew in, we stayed in Saskatoon that, we went, we went to, uh, Buds on Broadway in Saskatoon, saw a tragically hip cover band the night before. Oh, nice. Was really cool, but we stayed at, we we were drinking a beer and whatever, like, all night, and then we went to church the next day, and then we, after, so we drove to Saskatoon Saturday. Before you went to church. We all thought about having coffee at Bailey's. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Right, <laughs> we drove to Saskatoon, slept overnight, did the baptism, drove back to Calgary, spent one night in Calgary, and then we were in Arizona. So yeah, we did do some sin in uh, that trip in Arizona. That's for sure. Oh, all right. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. In the sun, man. in the sun, in Arizona. Oh, Arizona. Nice. Uh oh boy. What else? We gotta cover anything else? I was on stage with the Arcals right on Friday. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I sent you all the videos, Storm. Did you see him in them? Did you not watch them? Oh, gosh. I was sending them as you were sending them to us. And oh, really? a, friend of mine, a friend of mine tipped me off to it. Actually, Ashley Nelson. She We met her first uh, working the CFR a couple years ago. And she uh, was like, hey, it was Waste at the Arcals concert. And I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure you're like, there in Edmonton or Calgary. Like, what? Like, I didn't know what day it was or whatever. And I was like, yeah, probably. And she's she like, oh, I, oh, I think he was just on stage or something. And so I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> then she sent me this video on the thing, and I was like, oh, that looks like Wacy. I was like, would you send me that on Facebook Messenger because the text yeah, doesn't yeah. really come across good? And she sent him. He was like, holy fuck, Wacy's on stage <laughs> with the fucking band. And this was during when the show was on, like when second like, song of the night. Yeah, it was like right in the middle of the show, and I was like, holy shit, right on. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so then uh, there's a bunch of cool shit going on. I was sending it to you to post it or something like because i thought it'd be good for a story for cowboy shit but like whatever either Anyways, way we got lots of videos we got lots of videos now so we can do that at some point yeah you're on the stage so did you feel like a real rock star at that moment i kind of was like holy shit this is actually happening 
because the one thing after the show we were like walking to the bar to go have some beers after and a lot of people saw us because we saw their payphone costumes on and yeah. they like stopped us like hey you're the payphone guys like yeah we're like yeah party and then they're so they come up to us like hey yeah, we gotta ask like was it stage because because like the way it looked like people thought it was a stage it thing. looked like, a little stage this in the crowd but that was completely organic like 100 yeah but they could have made it look a little less awkward partially with the way they did it probably Man, I don't know how many rock shows didn't know that they were gonna do it. They yeah, just, it was because okay. because but you guys came up from the back of the stage. Like, if you guys were like in the crowd, maybe if they bring we jumped over the way. fence to get onto that was the only our only way to get on the stage. Like, oh, we really? were like we were oh, front row stairs. of the concert. Yeah. Oh, how did like, you get front row tickets? We had we had just GA like there's oh, floor seats. Oh, okay. Yeah. How early did you to get there? To we're get... there for the opener. Oh, okay, so they would have saw you, and they brought you. So the way the way it went down. Yeah. So we're there. Can you start from the top? So I'm gonna go back. I'm I actually gonna flash way back. Flashback. So earlier this year, uh, Colton and my Colton I met and I the love of my life wearing that Kelowna, payphone costume. That payphone yeah. Costume. So I've had a lot of core memories in that well, in that fucking costume. But anyway, so go, we saw you the wear it when you get married. Maybe. <laughs> can I, can I wear it when you get married? <laughs> yeah, you can be the minister at the yeah. wedding, and you gotta wear the payphone costume. <laughs> you gotta take the phone yeah. for your vows. Do you say I do? <laughs> <laughs> so anyways i i we we saw the arkells at, at the that music festival earlier this year and i bought a payphone in Kelowna. in Kelowna, yeah big white i bought a payphone costume to wear at the show because the arkells have a song called leather jacket and they reference a payphone and it was, it was like whatever just kind of who funny the fuck thing. uses a payphone exactly so it's super cool <clears throat> so anyways yeah as everybody knows i met jen there that day wearing said payphone costume so i was like well now every arkells show i'm wearing a payphone costume like it just it's just a thing to be meant to be and the kind of the funny thing of this this past show on Friday it happened to be on Halloween weekend, so like I was talking to my buddy who I went with, and he he's like Colton oh, Dale, like Colton Dale, C note. He was like, I don't really know what to do, and I'm like, man, just get a payphone costume and we'll both wear them. I called him earlier it'll last week. Once it'll work, it'll again. work again, man. Like maybe yeah, maybe it'll work for you. Maybe you'll find yeah. the love of your life yeah. wearing a payphone costume. <laughs> so whatever, he shows up and he gets he, he end up getting one, and we go to the show, and we're sitting in the front row and. The Arkells come on and they kind of get to their spots on the stage. And the first person who noticed was the bass player. Like he saw us in the front row and he like kind of gave us a nod and we're like, yeah, buddy. And then all of a sudden the, like yeah, the lead singer, lead singer, uh, Max is his name. He comes over to the, to our side of the stage too. And he's like singing and he sees us and he like points at us and is like, they kind of like acknowledge that our presence. And then he started, starts playing. They start playing leather jacket for their second song. And we're like, everybody's like, Oh my God, that's you guys. Like cause they, they, they figured out our costume and we're like partying and having fun. And there's a part in the song kind of like a third of the way or two thirds of the way through where that slows down. So they, they slow the song down. They're like, all of a sudden he like mentions us and he's like, yeah, like these two fine gentlemen are like dressed for the occasion, all this kind of stuff. And he's like, do you guys want to come on stage? And we're like, holy shit, man. Like <laughs> this is actually happening. Like literally I could not hop the fence fast. That enough. was your not, not your intention. It just happened. Yeah, we just rolled up. You there. didn't like, show up just, to the concert and be like, "I'm gonna go on stage tonight." I'm no, just, over, I just I, I like like anybody who knows me. Like I love the Arkells; they're my favorite band, and I like that's the fifth time I've seen them. I think, and and you were supposed to go to Edmonton too. I was supposed to go to Edmonton. So for those who don't know, the Arkells, Canadian, uh, Canadian rock, rock, band. rock band, yeah, 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 alternative rock band, rock yeah. band. Uh, there are a couple Canadian great treasures. songs. Uh, knocking at the door. Uh, Leather Jack. They're they're like they're stuff. they're they're really good stuff. Like they're. Their heavy stuff goes really good. And then Edmonton, stuff. Edmonton's two and a half hours north of Calgary. So mm-hmm. he was going to do the double decker. Because when we not re- the upper decker, but the double, <laughs> he was going to double down and go to both shows in Edmonton and Calgary back back nights. Well, on their last tour, almost like a band groupie. Yeah, literally. Say. Yeah. The, their last tour, I did the Edmonton and Calgary show in the same week. Yeah. So, like, so I, when we were buying tickets, because their shows were originally supposed to be in March. 
and so we're like fuck it let's do both shows anyways but we weren't able to go last night but yeah it was great man like, we got up there and we he's like kind of gets the crowd into it and we started singing it and my arms like started going numb i'm like what the fuck this is i couldn't believe it was happening it was so cool and then after like at the end of it when he, he handed the mic over to colton and he got to like yell like who the fuck uses a payphone and like it, it was in the microphone it was so cool man it was awesome <laughs> very core moment for me <laughs> And then all of a sudden, like they made they made the TikTok video out of it, and like it kind of there's they like the 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 very first photo of their Calgary concert album is me and Colton on stage with them, which is really cool. So that's amazing. Yeah, and like yeah, like I said, they're my favorite band, so that was a really cool thing. On very unexpected too, like we were. And just, then like what happened after the song? You just get to like bail out and just like they like well they like they kind of like gestured. You? There's like a there's another set of stairs, and like one of the security guards kind of walked us back to our spots, and then we oh, just yeah. partied the rest of the night and had a Dang. good time and had an unreal time because you were celebrity. on the stage. Yeah, celebrity pay phones for the rest of the night yeah literally everybody was like oh that's fucking sweet and then because i and i handed my phone to a chick before standing besides before we went up the stage like video this and then she got a pretty cool video nice that was sweet that was a fucking that's crazy i'm still i can't believe it happened that's really cool yeah what did it feel like to be on stage was were you a real rock star it was it was yeah it was just like fucking crazy like because they're it's cool it's kind of like when you're like like ride bulls or rodeo it's like all those people are there like watching what you're doing how many people do you think were there? would have been there probably like 10 or fifteen thousand. cool maybe but eleven there's only one side because the one side was closed off right no like but no but like the end of the well arena. like yeah it would have been like one or two sections like and like maybe the back section but there's probably like ten thousand people there yeah easy like yeah it was pretty good, good crowd good crowd yeah yeah but it was just it was just crazy because nobody like, in the pls no oh, there's people in the pls oh they made up the pls yeah. oh nice yeah Hell yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was good. It was cool. They had like they 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 got a good following in Canada, so like they're a big yeah. fan. But yeah, it was like I all I can remember is like looking over at like Colton and like Max like singing the song. I'm like, this is fucking crazy, man. Like I can't believe this is happening. And everybody <laughs> and like it's like it's probably their most one of their most popular songs. Or like and it's really easy to sing along to because the words are simple, and like you could just hear everybody just sing along to. Like you can see why like people like rock stars or music people like get off on like being able to like doing live shows and stuff. Just having people scream your songs back at you is pretty cool. Yeah, that'd be pretty neat. I'd yeah. say like what we do gets to be kind of similar. Yeah, it's, for it's some it's, parts it's, of it. Yeah, and showbiz, sure. man, it's fucking showbiz. I love showbiz. Showbiz, man, it's cool. It's you get, you get all eyes on you for that that time. It's, it's what's really it like, Brinson? It's pretty badass, bro. Right? It's pretty badass. <laughs> yeah, so that was what really. Was your, I don't want to do anything else. That's how badass it is. What's your story about showbiz? The, the one your dad tells about the guy and the elephant in the circus. Or did what? he tell me that story oh, yeah, one he time? Told, he told you that story. He so. told me that? So so there's this guy that, uh, I, I don't know if he complained about his job or what it was, but he's like, so he's the guy that uh, that shovels the elephant shit in the circus. And he travels around all the towns and he's, you know, in the circus and he's, you know, he's cleaning up for the elephant everywhere he goes and cleaning up. And he's like, oh, you know, uh, I don't know. The guys are like, oh, like, do you really like, like, do you like this job? And he's like, and it's a pretty shitty job. He's like, yeah, but I I'm not gonna give up showbiz, man. Like <laughs> he just loves show business so bad. He doing it. Fucking shovels elephant shit in the circus. But he's like showbiz part of it. I fucking love show business. All man. about the showbiz. Yeah. <laughs> the stage and the lights. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love it, man. It's it's cool stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, so anyone that was wondering about bail race, you're sorry that you had to do the last 20 minutes of randomness, but this is part of what we do on every show. Funny. Okay. Yeah. So we might even put a note in the description this time and say. <laughs> If you don't want to hear bullshit from Wacy and, and Princeton and Ted <laughs> and random ass stories about the Arkells and payphones, then uh, skip to the 20 minute point of the show. But anyways, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, we're making a list this week of the top 10 barrel racers ever from Canada. Um, 
Thanks to our sponsors, Sweet Pro yeah, and Canada Canadian Finals Rodeo. and Finals Rodeo. I have a couple other sponsors that are coming on soon as well. I'll tell you about them soon when we have uh, everything finished up. But uh, yeah, stay tuned. We'll be back with our, uh, with our list after this. She called me up from a payphone. I said, hang tight, I can drive you home. How many times have you been to the short twig and got tangled up? Oh, it's too many times to count, dude. Way too many times to count. <laughs> Way too many times. I love that bar. That bar. Okay, here we are. It is. Is this one? This is one twenty nine, right? One twenty nine. Okay, episode one hundred twenty nine of Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy. My name is Ted Sylvan. He is Wacy Anderson. Wacy, the newest member of the Arkells, Wacy Anderson. <laughs> And uh, and our friend here with us in studio from lipstick and lipstick lipstick <laughs> and cowboy boots. Nobody ever gets it right. Com. Why? It's a tongue twist. Say that ten times fast. Lipstick and cowboy boots. Dot com. Cassie Hausar. Yeehaw. Thanks for joining us. Thanks and for having me. Digitally joining us from, I don't. Where are you today? Lethbridge. Lethbridge at your house. In our barn in the in coffee the trophy, room. Trophy room. Just All the, the pictures in the background. Room coffee room um rana Coopins, thanks for joining us to uh make the list of the 10 greatest bail racers ever from canada so far it's not a definitive list so far hey it can change the man. list is always changing it's kind it of the change. same as the bull riding and the sea wrestling well, and thinking, the saddle rock riding we've done that's an ever-changing yeah, list dude because uh i was thinking that the bull riding list jared parsonage is probably Keeping getting pretty way. close to making that because you'll have an nfr this year and well, if dakota title. butter might climb up a few more spots if yeah. he wins another title he, well, he's not even on there yet right? he should be he should be on there he soon be close yeah. right so ever changing zeke thurston is not number one on the bronc he could be side, though so he could make his way up there right could, he could. and any of the future bail races out there that maybe you listen to the show could be on the list someday if possibly. you if you believe you can achieve if you dream if you dream it <laughs> you can do it suzanne is 71 suzanne napoli is still winning cpra rodeos at 71 or she's a badass i thought we weren't supposed to talk about ages ever ages i think that's something to be proud of absolutely cool. she finished uh what 19th this year i think i looked that up the other day well okay well so before we get into the actual list side of things who would you guys say is like could be the next like one or the next person to kind of make some moves in the barrel racing in Canada, kind of make their way onto this list quickly. I think quickly. Taylor Manning has a really good horse. Taylor Manning? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a futurity horse and running is competitive. And I think when you have a good horse, so many, if the really good horses are good right away. So would she pursue race. going down South then, or would she just kind of be yeah, better off to stick at home? So, yeah. yeah. She's, she's going to south. Arizona yeah. and she's 18 now. Yeah. So she can she's legal to drink in Canada and barrel race in America. Yes, yeah. the best of the best. Yeah, and she's got, what, five qualifications for CFR now. Uh, her and Lynette, I think, are the most veteran braille racers going to CFR this year. And what? she's just 18 years old. That's wild. Yeah, hell. she's amazing. Cool. Do you think somebody that starts that young will get burnt out on it sooner, though? 
Like, do you think she'll make 22 NFRs or will she do something else? See, my sister rated her first CFR at nine. And nine years old? Nine years old. She's the youngest. Jesus. And yeah. so, and she's still addicted. <laughs> she's so, still addicted. Yeah. And still, Taylor, she'll be the 80 year old. Like, there's Taylor like, is so passionate. I don't think she'd ever stop doing it. No, I think Taylor's like my sister. Yeah. hundred percent. I even asked like, what, what would you be doing if you weren't barrel racing and Taylor in her interviews, just like, I can't imagine not barrel racing. Like there's nothing else I want to be doing or would be. So I don't see that changing for her. Hmm. Um, it doesn't leave me. <laughs> no. The, okay. Yeah. Here we got rail Robinson, 20 NFRs, Debbie Gelly, 22. I'm trying to find the record. Youngest qualifiers, Rayleigh Walter, nine years and seven months. That's crazy. Ladies so. rail race in 1987. That's and she wild. hit a barrel to win it that year. Really? To win the oh whole thing God. at nine years old? Nine, yeah. nine years old? Jesus, that's just oh, a child. Taylor Manning's the next youngest at 13 years and eight months in 2017. That's pretty cool, too. Yeah, I don't know who Nikki Ree is. And Taylor finished top three multiple times and wasn't able, able to go to Calgary because of her age. Isn't that some bullshit? Because that, that's a WPRA sanctioned yeah. thing, so she wasn't old enough to go. Isn't yeah. that some that. bullshit, though? Can I say something else that's bullshit? <laughs> Before we get going here? Sure, uh, give her. The ladies not being able to qualify for the all arounds. I think that breakaway should be a major event. And I think that it's on its way to be that. Yeah, I, think I think it's think, so new. It will but, be. But somebody was saying that the ladies can't, uh, the ladies can't, the ladies can enter, um, can't, can, could enter the bull riding so that, so, but the men can't enter the barrel racing. So they're trying to say that it's that not it, fair that way. It's not fair that way. And I was like, but they have their other timed events that they could be doing along with the rough stock. Like, so it doesn't, I don't think that's a fair argument, but that's just me. It'll, it'll eventually happen though. It's, do, it's bound I to happen. It's every, all the big rodeos are pay, taking it on and it's becoming a crowd favorite. So you can't not big time. Can't not have it included. It. Yeah. I was talking to, I was talking to Rob Schmidt getting the CCA finals, um, kind of Coles notes. And he said that breakaway roping was one of the best events of the whole, really? the whole there, there was every, every day that you had to be under three to place when it goes good. It, it's really it good. goes good. When it goes good, it's real good. Um, so I, I, I don't know. Can I, should I do this right now? So <laughs> you're doing it. It's <laughs> happening. You can't stop. But I was going to maybe keep it as a surprise. Okay. Well, okay, well this, this comes out wanna... the day of the CFR start. So it yeah, could... I don't know if they'll know. They might not even hear about it. Anyways. Okay. So I thought it was BS. The ladies couldn't com- qualify. So don't uh, tell the story. We were in Grand Prairie. We got a call from the Coda Bird. Yeah. Start there. Yeah. I don't really remember that part. Well, because she she asked you if you oh. could help her line up some spurs or some type of prize yeah. for because Brady Whiteside actually would have won the all around in Canada this year with the amount of money that she's won in both, uh, events. In both events. But since it doesn't count, she doesn't get anything. So the, the breakaway girls have made enough money that they have raised on their own to like, pay for a prize for the, the all around oh, yeah. for her they to be the all around champ. They wanted to do that. And I was like, no, you're not buying it. I'm going to sponsor because I didn't do anything else for the other stuff and then you suggested getting a buckle yeah, rather Ted. than getting like yeah. spurs yeah, or like whatever. i didn't do anything didn't else do, did you hey? i didn't do the other ones because i was too <laughs> i was yeah a little bit mixed up and then so i was like here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna get a buckle made so um got the ladies there we go came for it's awesome ladies, ladies all around really champion awesome. space for a name so whoever wins it this week i think brady's in the lead but, but, but yeah but Power shelby host. spielman is higher in the braille racing standings Mm-hmm. right now so it's so, not over there's been a race over there it's yeah, not over till it's over because there's more money that counts in the um the barrel racing, barrel racing there's, right only, now, there's right? only there's only three rounds of breakaway roping right no i feel like they're in there the whole time no, this they're year. not i don't know that. no i already got i got roasted on social media for oh, posting okay that. then 
Well, that was last year. They only did, <laughs> did half the, the nights. I, I think that it was the, the big thing for this year was there's 12 people now. They have, except six was the big thing for this year. Because I initially thought they're going to be for every perf, but I posted that on the CFR social media and got dunked, got on. dunked on. So By who? By people, the people. people social social people? The people like Denny Phipps. Denny okay. Phipps. Oh, did he call you on no, it? He just like messaged me. Denny, I heard that, I heard another story. So while we're, yeah, while we're at it, <laughs> while we're on the CFR. <laughs> so yeah, this will technically the CFR starts today, the day the show comes out. Correct. So that's yeah. exciting Happy stuff. Happy CFR, yeah, everybody. CFR. So let's get into that first. We're talking about the best Canadian barrel racers ever from Canada. And uh, yeah, Canadian Finals Rodeo starts again. It starts tonight, November 2nd to 6th in Red mm-hmm. Deer. If you're not, uh, if you haven't planned on coming yet, make sure to get yourself down the road to Red Deer and the PV. There's lots of Central. stuff going on. Yeah, gonna be a great. I'll, I'll I'll commend this the crew at the CFR this year. They're they're done a really good uh, put in a really good effort to give people stuff to do every day mm-hmm. rather than just have like a trade show and, and a rodeo. There's there's um we have our live show there. There's live performances. Yeah. There's tailgate parties. There's watch parties. There's showcases, dummy roping, all different kinds of things. So CFR in Red Deer is gonna be the place to be next be well, week. this week. This so, week it's gonna be awesome. And what uh, what predictions do we have? in the uh in the different events what are we what are we starting with who who why don't we say ladies first who do you rana who do you who do you like in the uh in the in the barrels in the breakaway this year i'm gonna go i like um taylor fuelling in the breakaway roping okay but i actually like lots of the breakaway ropers the breakaway well, ropers are awesome. Well, just because you like them doesn't mean you don't have to pick <laughs> No, them. they're fantastic. Uh, no, no, but I like watching them. They're kind of like, they're like, I'm like, oh, they're way cooler than the barrel racers. <laughs> like, I wish I warmed up like that. <laughs> I don't know. No, Taylor is like, kind of like, I don't know. She's kind of a classic. Been there all along. I think Taylor. And in the barrel racing, mm, I think one of the white side girls. Oh, really? Really? That's who I pick. Dang. Like are we? Oh, yeah, there's lots of talent. That's or? just who I think who will. Yeah, who, who, like. who are your one, almost? This, who are your ones to watch? We could say even. Yeah. Oh my god! Well, all well, we make some picks and see who. Bailey is definitely going to do well, and she's got quite a lead on everyone. But also, Shelby Spielman's right behind her. Has her horse? Has Bailey's horse ran in a pen like this? Yes, she did well. I think it's some indoors in the states. She and races her. and she goes. And she's races, got but. quite the string of horses. She's not just like a one horse show. Not just a one trick pony. Yeah. But now has she drove up in snow? Has she no. Been, has she competed? Are, are her horses going to be used to being cold? Because they're not. No, are the barns right. heated? Anything is possible. The barn is not heated. They're like tents. They're covered. Yeah. But then you have to walk outside. It's got, you know. That could be oh, a yeah. factor though. Be a factor. Possible. And then right behind her, Shelby Spielman. And we know Shelby and Hot Donna do well in this pen. And they're yeah, always nice. a force to be reckoned with. So can we rank the best horse names? <laughs> Hot Donna. Like Hot Donna. Well, that's kind of a I love Hot Donna. And she's beautiful and she's amazing. Fantastic athlete. But then also um Taylor and Bling, they have been <sighs> fantastic this year as well. Um oh, dear. I'm I'm not even gonna get into the uh barrel racing or breakaway because you guys did such a wonderful job and i don't know anything about well them. so and then are well, they like then, okay. are there any tight races to you to watch out for that you that we we should be looking at if you're coming to cfr and you're not all really of them loop way see all of them because there's so much money to win at the cfr well, know, it's not over like, at all well it's we can get into it though we don't have to just say all of them <laughs> yeah <that's> true. <laughs> true. Uh, um, honestly the one with the biggest gap is the bull riding jared parsonage has about a thirteen thousand dollar lead over lonnie west uh in the bull riding side that's the biggest gap it's thirteen thousand, which is basically one round is it not mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. isn't it like 11 or so, so for one so, round yeah. so everything else is within a round the bronc riding's within uh 
$300. Bareback riding is uh, $9,000. Steer wrestling. No, that's tie down. It's 3000 bucks. Uh, tie down six. Uh, what do we got here? Barrel racing. Is, Bailey Schott leads with uh, 48.9. Second is Shelby with 38.38. Or sorry, 33.9. So that's 15. I think breakaway is really close between Kendall and Taylor. Team? Oh, with like 1500 bucks. I think barrel between them and the barrel racing is like 15000 15, 16. Interesting. So I'm not sure what the rounds are paying, and I don't know what they're paying in the breakaway. Wait, so do you know these things? No. You don't know these things? Rana, do you? Don't do you know? the info Team yet. Team $11,000 difference, so. Well, yeah. I know who I'll pick in the steer wrestling. Scott Gunther. Uh, yeah, 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 he's tough kind of He's the best. He's yeah, so good. He's, he's, he's the one, yeah. And good dude. Could make the NFR if he wanted to, but rather stay home. Which rather is one stay, of the, rather stay home. Which is one of the things that, that – separates people on these lists that we've done in the last few years is that uh it's not easy to go and beat the best in the world it's mm. you know it's it, that takes a lot to go down and it takes a lot of commitment a lot of time a lot of effort to go and yeah and take the time and do that so that has to be rewarded well, and That's you can make a good living in canada now too yeah for, you know like look it, at like sure. jared jared like well jared for example went fifty thousand dollars just rodeoing yeah, in Canada, which is pretty, grand. which is pretty cool. And got him mostly yeah. far. Well, and then oh, and on the barrel racing right. side of things, you factor in the fraturities and all the big money stuff that's going on outside of rodeo. Yeah, but let's also races. factor in fuel and vets and for sure. all the other things like. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Though is that you can you can still make a good living staying at home when you don't have to go down south yeah. and battle everybody and spend the extra that's money. Fair. That's that's when we get that is like, true. Your cost per event, like you can still have a full time job and make a decent side bit of money on in rodeo or you can make it in that, like a little bit that break way even. <laughs> break yeah, even, break yeah even is what you right? need to say. be honest break yes even. so yeah for, even for scott though went to 49 rodeos and won 49,000. so you average and look at rodeo. Bailey show too she wouldn't be at the nfr if it wasn't for canada no yeah, exactly. yeah doing as well as she did at pinoca exactly Huge. we're not messing around up here what else no. I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and guess that uh one of the smith boys wins the tie down roping there's three of them in the I was just gonna say it's like the it's like the Wright brothers or the Wright, yeah. right. You got the Smith, the Smith yeah. family in the tie down roping. And the breakaway. Uh, and the breakaway, yep. Yeah. The bull riding. I'm just gonna say bull riding waste. Uh, you know, Lonnie West just won this last weekend in Saskatoon, just got back from there today. Um, he's on a roll. Nick Tetz was doing <clears throat> did really good in Lethbridge, then kind of cooled off. Uh, made one ride in Saskatoon. Dakota Butter rode all three. He's right there riding hot. Um, going no, from one event no, though, Brock, like Radford's a little bit beat up. Fletcher I was just gonna say, three or four weeks going from that event on the weekend, and then you what you've got like two days off, and then you're gonna go right into CFR right where you're far. running like six times or riding six times. Like, yeah. how are they feeling coming off of Saskatoon going to Red Deer? A little hungover. Nobody's yeah, gonna probably be a little hungover yeah. for sure. My pick is whoever didn't go to the PBR. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> same, yeah, same, Rana. <laughs> no, yeah, they're gonna be. It's like a horse. Like he's rested and sound. You know, exactly. After after Jared sealed the deal finally last year i don't think you know anybody's gonna beat him this year oh really yeah unless well, it all comes down to the weeks too but that's what i'm that, saying like he's he's gonna go in there he knows he needs to do to get the job done and he's one of the most consistent ride guys going he's gonna ride the bull but good jordan hansen didn't have uh didn't go to as many um still in the mix but yeah like he's twenty eight thousand behind so there's a big hill to climb that way bareback riding what are we thinking there caleb bennett only went to 12 rodeos I think it'll be it'll be like 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 Ty and 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 Clint will be tough to be. Caleb, yeah, Leighton Barry. I'd like to see Clint win it again. Oren goes. Oren, yeah, you gotta watch out for sneaky Oren, the quiet guy. Yeah, the Lorax. Great mustache. (laughs) 
Bronc riding. Bronc riding is uh, it's gonna that's gonna be a probably one of the most exciting, exciting ones, ones to watch. Yeah. Definitely. You know, whoever gets on a hot streak there, I think. And the quality of contestants, um, we have so, such a good quality of contestants. Yeah. Not taking away from anybody else, but the no, Bronc riding is gonna be awesome. Five. And the Five NFR, yes. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Our exactly. equine athletes, yes. Five NFR qualifiers at the, at the CFR in the Bronx crowd. And could be more. Like, I like, oh, yeah, guys, for you know? sure. Yeah, Dawson Hay finished his 14th, but he's going to NFR. Uh, team roping. Um, the Grand Bros are going to kick ass. To Cassie and Ryan on team roping. I got nothing on team roping. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I don't watch it. The Grand the Brothers. They won, I like... watch Barrel Racing Breakaway and I, I'm good. The Grand Brothers won like five rodeos in a row, like towards the end of the year. I feel like they're just going to going on there. I think yeah. one of the pictures Jerry of the year Jerry. was probably them celebrating with a dual victory lap ride. Riding double. Riding double in the victory lap. The victory laps are fun to watch. <laughs> um, that kind of covers most of the events. I think so, yeah. As far as I can tell. Um, yeah, all around, ladies all around. We've already talked about that. We, we already do? covered is it. That it. We're good, yeah. I think so. Let's Should get into good. the show. Let's yeah. rock without, and roll. Without further ado, yeah, let's do this. Okay, so... Like we said, we've done a couple of these lists before. We did uh, did the uh, the bull riding was our first one we did with Chad Bestplug and Don Johansson. Made Saddle our list of like top bull riders. Yeah, then we did the bronc riding with uh, Wayne Vold and, and Dustin Slendra. Got that list made. Steer wrestling. Yeah, with, uh, with Chance Chance Butterfield and, and Craig Craig Guthrie. Mm-hmm. And good dudes. Here we are. Good dudes. Good dudes. Yeah. A bunch of good dudes on that list of people. So we've talked to uh, we've got our our two experts oh gosh in the field of barrel racing me and rana yes 100 yeah. <laughs> hey wait you know, our, hey, experts you know what though field. go look back at our barrel racing podcast i know my shit What's, i would what hope so racing? i know you you kind of like a i think a closet fan i am man. all it's your little videos or all the hate like it's actually I'm a fan, I'm a fan. talk about them well, I'm like i've said this before but i am undefeated in barrel races i've competed in so i got some pedigree there yeah, nice. Some pedigree. <laughs> a winner's pedigree. Okay, fair. <laughs> On the okay. dam side or the stud side? My mom's side for sure. <laughs> oh. Okay, so for starters, here we are. We're about 15 minutes into the show. For starters, in the previous list we've made, we had a point system we used because uh, you know, like we know about the bull riding side of things, and someday we're gonna go and do it on the world side as well and i'm still trying to figure out the, what the world system is going to look like that way but anyways we made this uh point system completely made up it doesn't mean anything it's just completely f- all of this means nothing please yeah. don't yell at us yeah don't yell. it also means but, everything but so yell at us everything to heart. if you uh feel strongly enough to do so because it's please fine. don't yell at me yeah don't yell at wacy you might be sad. don't take it well i also all just right, want to preface so it with me. like the list that we have was a list I had made a Facebook status on lipstick and cow boots in 2019. And I just asked people, you know, who do you think that the best barrel racer in the world from Canada would be? Kind of was There's probably a huge after list. Bull riding list. Yes, it was. Yeah. And and I adopted the point system that you guys use. When I said, like, okay, what about this person? What about this person? A lot of people got weird about it. And so I stopped and I never went any further with it. But um, so yeah, nobody get mad. Cassie doesn't want to offend. It's anyone. based on points. I don't want to offend anybody. So if you choose to be offended, that's your fault. Yeah. Don't be. Well, can you? We should don't give be people either. before we get into it. We should give people a breakdown of how the points are allocated. That's what I was getting to. Oh, sorry. Nice. Yeah. Sorry for interrupting. I was getting to that. That's okay. Uh, so our top, uh, top of the points list is world title is hundred points. So by giving it hundred points, it was uh, an easy number to count. Uh, We're not very good at math. <laughs> so and we only know basic Excel functions. Yeah. So. <laughs> 
So we started with the uh, 100 points for a world title and we kind of, it's kind of like a mix of a few things, like kind of adding it up. Right. So I had to kind of think like, is five NFRs kind of almost like an, like a world title, like it kind of, that's probably almost light. So I kind of comparatively put them together that way, but we, nobody argued with me when Rod Hay was like second on the list, but wasn't, he was like Never one of the world only, champion. Yeah. He was one of the only guys that wasn't a world champion where I think the said, same could be said for other, like I can go look at some more lists here in media guides, but there's a lot of folks that were there a long time. Actually, Ted News, I think, was another mm-hmm. one in the bull riding, just from what I what's in my head. But like I think he made the NFR like 18 times, but never won the world, I don't think. Mm-hmm. So so that still has to be worth something. So technically, so getting further into the list, world titles 100 points, uh, NFR average titles and PRCA season leader. When we can find them, we had it at 40 points. Previously I had that at 50. Um, I don't know if that's changed on your end or my end or where that where we're at, but it's close enough. NFR qualifications got it at 20. Canadian titles at 10 points. Um, then Cassie, you have CFR season leader at five, but I don't know how to find that stat very well. So that one, no, we, it's might, tricky. we might not utilize that a ton. We'll, uh, we're going to change the list and we'll put it out officially later on. Um, but then we have CFR, CFR qualifications is two. It's kind of essentially a, a tiebreaker in the end. In, in my opinion on how things kind of get rated mm-hmm. that way. And then the other side of it is that there were no, uh, CFR qualifications in the barrel race before 1974. There was no Canadian finals before that. So that's kind of, that's why I didn't use them previously, and, but it does kind of help separate a little bit on the tiebreaker side. So we'll get to that a little bit later on, but uh, so that's the points breakdown world title, hundred points, NFR average or PRCA season leaders, 40 points, NFR qualification, 20 points, Canadian title, 10 points. And uh, our tiebreaker essentially CFR qualification is uh, two points per. So where are we starting? Bottom up. Did Bottoms we figure up. out? Did we figure out uh, our stats on Jill Barron, our Jill best plug slash Barron? Well, no, I talked not. to her mom, and yeah. she she can't really remember Georgia. how many season leaders, but she had one Canadian title. Yeah, so that's not quite going to make the list then, because right now my, our barrier to entry on the list is about thirty four. So and then, but uh, she also she has five CFR qualifications. So that bumps her to ten from that. Yeah, so but it's only twenty. Our, our barrier is at 34, like 10th place okay. is 34 points. So yeah, this is what I got, right? Tie for ninth. We've got Rayleigh Walters and Isabel Miller, both with 34 points. So we've got uh, 12 CFRs for Rayleigh Walters. Uh, okay. She also went to the Olympics. That's a bonus tiebreaker. She's ninth. So that's going to be yeah, Isabel Miller. Uh, is going to be Isabel Miller's our number 10 with 34 points. So we got, like I said, sorry, seven Seven CFRs for her for 14 points, uh, two Canadian titles and 10 are, uh, yeah, sorry, 14 and 10 and 20 is 34 points. Then we got Rayleigh with 24 points for the CFR and 10 for Canadian title. Puts her at 34 as well, plus the Olympic tiebreaker. Yeah, so let's go to 35. She went to the Olympics. Yeah. That's cool. So yeah, 35, a bonus point. Yeah, that's badass. How old old was she when she went to the Olympics? I'm curious. Nine. She was nine. That was an It was an 88. Wow. Wait, so could she have gone to the O2 Olympics as well? She could have, but she didn't. <laughs> <laughs> she could have. She did better. Just joking. <laughs> who, uh, who went in O2? Uh, it Nobody was Jill Bishop, Jill, okay. Carol Wilson, Deb. Okay, so we're going to have to start those. So Carol and Deb with the Olympics. We might need those points for later. Maybe <laughs> there is another right. tie up top. Yeah, but that one I already already got because Jerry Deuce has no CFRs further up there. 
you know, got her no down for no CFR. Points. Yeah. But the CFR calls, it was weird because when I talked to her in 2019, yeah. Yeah. But still it's an easy tiebreaker because they're both the same. Yeah. So fair, we'll get to that fair, later on. Fine. Okay. So, sorry. So that brings us to number eight on our list with 46 points. We got Carol Wilson and this was Carol Barr previously, correct? Yes. Yeah. So, so Carol, we got three CFRs for six points, two Canadian titles for 20 points and then an NFR qualification for 20. So that puts her at 46, number eight on the list. So, but before we get going too far though, we were talking before, uh, I don't know if this was before or if it was during or whatever, but, 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 uh, but Ray Lee made the CFR at nine years old. That that's still in the record books. I have a picture of that record in my head. So I had to go look, look back at it. That's such a mind blowing fact to me. Cause I think back to what I was doing at nine years old and the, the last thing on my mind was making the CFR that year. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm gonna start riding. One, well, well, like, what would it, what, what would it take at that 11. age to like be able to do that? Like, obviously having a good horse and stuff, but I'll, and you have to have your, your parents, parents who are like rodeo that are, that are involved in supporting. They want to see probably, you do it. They're probably rodeo pushers, and they forced her into it. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> they're those parents. Rhino's face. Yeah, they're the farthest. Go the farthest. Really, just lost it. Like my dad sometimes is like, you know, you don't, you put a half ass effort in compared to Rayleigh, so. <laughs> Dang. Yeah, you know the favorite. She's always, I don't know. That's her jam. She's more sorry. competitive, I guess. Oh, yeah. And sorry, number 11 on our list is actually uh, one of our hosts today, Rana Koopmans. We got you in at 20 points. We got five CFRs uh, and a Canadian title for 20 points. So we take bribes if you want to get to the top 10. Too. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I mean, my rubber arm is very easily twisted. <laughs> but I want to, I want to talk about some of the careers, though. Like, like tell Isabel Miller. So no, Isabel, I think, things. see, because people get there, probably will listen to this and they'll be like, that person's not the best. This person did because they contributed to rodeo, right? Yeah. And yeah. Isabel, she also did well herself, but contributed in the futurity world. And people went on like Charlotte Schmidt. She trained a horse, Charlotte Berry, went to the NFR on it. Isabel did. And other people had horses from her with a lot of success. So then when you, but you have to put it down in a measurable way, right? To say, yes, this is how we measure it because people think with their heart instead of their head and but yeah isabel very talented a very long career was it isabel who brought the barrel racing to calgary sorry was it isabel who was like demanding that they had the barrel racing at calgary well monica wilson was the one who really got but that was like quite a while back because calgary always had barrel racing but they didn't have the fifty thousand for the barrel racing okay Monica was the big push for the 50,000. Gotcha. So uh, but Isabel was uh, big in the CGRA and that type of thing. And that's right. what the, the CPRA barrel racing evolved from the CGRA to and, the CPRA. And, and won okay. her Canadian titles in 1960 and 1969. Nice. And uh, it's a good year. That's a year. <laughs> that is, correct me if I'm wrong too, but isn't, isn't that somehow... Isn't she uh, um, like Brock's grandma? Brock Radford's like yeah. Is that isn't that yeah, right? Yeah, that's yes. Yeah. That's why because Bobby I, June. Yeah, Bobby June's mom. So that's right. Yeah. Right. Okay. When I did my Good interview, with, like you. when I did my interview with Skylar, sorry, um, she sure. had brought up that Isabel like barged into the office at Calgary and demanded that they had the barrel racing at the Calgary Stampede to like bring it in originally. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know that. I just know the fifty thousand was. Okay. Which is huge, obviously. And so the fifty thousand. When did they first pay that to the barrel racers? Then because it came in the rodeo in the nineties, right? So it's that much later. Wow. Because they used to go Sunday, 
Calgary would run and then Sunday there'd be no barrel racing. Really? Dang. What a boring stampede without the barrel racing. I I gotta I do gotta say that a lot of the rodeos that I worked this year they started the rodeo off with barrel racing. I'm not a fan. I'm a big fan of it. I love, I love it. it. I love you it. don't I like it, it, Ted? Why I don't you it. like it? I'm a huge fan of it. I like the crescendo and the build of the event from like like bareback riding is usually like a good uh, fast. Uh, There's only like three guys usually well, sometimes, <laughs> but but anyways, like starting it with uh, it builds it builds and builds and builds in the last few events like the. The barrel racing into the bull riding is an easier transition and it kind of like builds the energy because you get to play the pop, like good fun tunes there, especially if there's no clown, right? Like I, you can actually kind of build the damn clowns, the production side of things that way. I, I feel like, I mean, especially at the NFR, like it builds and builds and builds and gets more exciting. So I, I like it better that way. I like it. I like rocking like, it. I think it's take, awesome. I, but, I like it first because it's going to get people in the seats because barrel racing is fast, fun, pretty ladies on pretty horses, whatever you want to say. Uh, I like for that. Number two, I really like that we have fresh ground right at the beginning. We don't have to worry about a hand rake. We have freshly drugged the arena. It looks beautiful. Number three, the rodeo starts at one o'clock. Girls that are LASIKing their horses. Okay. I know that the rodeo starts at this time. I can prepare my horses accordingly versus like, okay, well, it starts at this time and barrel racing should be at this time. It might not work out. I, I don't know. I'm a big fan of it being in the beginning. It's a good, it's a good warm up to get people like engaged with the show. Yeah. I've found yeah. like, so it's, all, it's like some of the best perfs that I worked this year had barrel racing at the start of it because it was like there were some really good runs. I had to play some sweet tunes and it was, it's, yeah, I'm a big okay. fan of it. Rana, I'm what do you for, think? I'm here for it. Well, I'm kind of actually with Ted, like it's the best event. So then I don't really, I'm like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> so I know. So to keep me engaged, I need the barrel racing near the end. So I'm like, oh, like a lethargy. It's like, oh, sweet you know peace out keep you around done now you can leave um okay so we've talked about uh we'll talk about tell us about ray lee's uh career a little bit more too like um i just don't i don't know you guys tell us did did she have much pressure after making the nfr at nine years old like cfr cfr sorry cfr yeah what do you like how do you what do you do i don't know know. she's kind of a wound tight personality like she'd go to the gas station for rollades instead of lifesavers that's her from like a little (laughs) age but that's just her i don't know but you know her horse that she tundra sandy hanswood trained him and just on a side note and leslie slosher's horse another very talented canadian you know she wouldn't make the list because of going but she's a talented canadian barrister who also cuts but um she had a really good horse but also put a lot of effort into it and like my parents, if my mom had a horse, she would give it to Rayleigh. Like some parents that I see, I'm like, oh, you have a good horse. Why are you letting your kid run it? I see that. And I'm like, oh, you're, that's something I see. And I appreciate for my parents. Right. So yeah. she had good horses and she always earned my dad. My dad loves barrel racing. They share that. And that was kind of, and he always, my dad was supportive in the way he would find a horse any way he could. He would set, like he sold his bulldogging team to pay for tundra so that's what he did good dad would your dad have been a bail racer if he was if it was socially accepted no he's not really built for bail racing okay no. i don't know no, if you met your dad he did win the canadian finals in the gaff roping so he won the canadian finals and my mom did as well really so three canadian titles in your family four everyone oh, everyone do you ever feel left do you ever feel left out champ no she won it on 2010 oh you did okay yeah, so come on, man 2010. Thanks, Louise. But no, on, so I man. think my parents, but my dad is very <laughs> what the supportive. Hell, dude? And my mom, but my dad loved, and he would do anything. Like, if you say you can't do that, he'll figure out a way to do it. 
So make it I'm happen. Sorry, I met your yeah. dad. Now I feel bad. The reason the reason I asked that question though is because my dad had this like Anderson family like championship thing made on it and had everybody, even my brother's name on it and not mine. It was like oh, my really? saddle's literally in the living room, dude. Like, <laughs> so I feel that. So I feel left out. So I was gonna, like, oh yeah. He was trying to get some sympathy. Yeah, it was. Sympathy I, there and it didn't I work. need it. I need it. Didn't work. Sorry. Didn't work, didn't work. Sorry. No. How's but yeah, so that was her career. Oh boy. Um, biggest wins in her career would it be Canadian title or would it be what else might it be? What might it be? I'd say it'd be that. Pardon? Definitely. I'd say the Canadian title. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. That's going to take us to uh, number eight on the list. Okay, here we are. So we got Carol Wilson, formerly Carol Barr, uh, three CFRs for uh, for the tiebreaker points, tw- uh, 20 points in Canadian titles, two Canadian titles back-to-back as well in 2001 and 2002, and then one NFR qualification. I don't know the year. I'm going to have to go back to some double-checking, but 46 points put her in the number eight spot. Tell us about Carol, Carol Wilson. Um, she had a really good horse, Mr. T and it came from, um, a lady in Montana. She kind of had, I remember back in the day, she had to almost be like, please just take the horse and run it. And then it worked out for her really well, obviously, but yeah, anyways, that was her. And she had other nice horses too, but Mr. T was just the, the one everyone waits for. After well, so talking about like the one that you like to have to let you have all the success on, how hard is it to find the next one after that? Some people never do. Find Some people never one. do. Yeah, it's one of those no, things. It's-, like, it's more. It's more than having the most expensive horse or the most well-bred horse. You still got to find that chemistry and be able to Correct. to ride it the right way. Like, I think like often gets overlooked in the barrel racing. Spoken like a true barrel racer. Yeah, Thank like you. For instance, no Jolene Sites. For instance, right, her horse. He was a half standard bred. Like he was not what you would, and she didn't make the list, but she's been very successful. And he, I mean, you probably wouldn't pick that, you know, no one's going to go to the auction mark and, you know, pick up because you're not going to find that kind of horse. You're going to find him at the EFA sale or the CBHI sale or any kind of horse like that. So, I mean, it is your horse. Barrel racing is 90% your horse. Really? So, there can even be so, so there's talented riders everywhere, but it is your horse. Even if Wacy and I had a really good horse, we could still win. Well, I don't know if your heart's there though, Ted. It's true. <laughs> I would kick out. I'd kick ass. I, I want to have a match belt race against Ted so bad. On whose horses? I don't take my sister's horse. I grew up in a house of barrel racers. I got, I got all kinds of horses. Okay. Mm. Ted, whose horse? Wacy's kind of built for it. I'm made for it. Exactly. Yeah. Wiry. You, this might. Wacy, are you sure you want to put your undefeated streak on the line? Because I probably will beat you. There's Who's no way you're riding Ted. There's no chance, know. dude. I don't know anybody to ask at this point. <laughs> I don't know who I'd ask. I don't have any. We can figure. We can figure out those details another time. But okay, I think we need to make okay. it happen at like one of these big barrel races and just. That could be a pretty good uh, promo piece, actually. Yeah. Honestly, on the on the list side of things, though, when you want to consider things like it is the horse, so much of it is the horse, and we've talked about this right now, where like you've either trained horses or you've trained horses for other people that have gone on to do well. Like you could almost add that to the point system, but how do you, how do you do it? How do you do it? But I think that is a important piece to this list. So that's why when we say this isn't like a permanent list, this isn't a like, yeah, it's a draft. Yeah. It's a draft list. So and once you put it out, but it'll probably change because, because then there's like people in here with really great breeding programs that have gone on to do amazing things, but maybe they're not, not number one on the list. True. Number one in a lot of people's hearts a lot of people's reading, you know, like there's just so much more to it, but again, how do you 
put a number to it and make it so that it makes sense in the list. So we realize that there are other parts of this. Once again, I just want to like so don't really drive us. this home. Don't hate don't us hate for us. what you can though. Yeah, right? you don't really hate us if you, you want to. It'll be fine. <laughs> well, uh, okay. You, you. I want to go back to uh, Tundra though. So on 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 Rayleigh's twelve CFRs, how many were on Tundra? Were they all on on Tundra? Nope. She made it on. She's made it on, and quite a few. She missed this decade though. She was really kicking herself, but no, she's made it on Tundra. And then she had, she's had lots of horses. Actually. I can't actually remember them all. Oh, really? But so she's made it on like three or four different horses over, over 12 years. Yeah. So how long does a great barrel racing horse go for? I like how many years, like what's a right amount of time Could be two, three, could be 10, could be anything's possible. Injuries can happen at any point. Yeah. All kinds of things. Depends. Okay. Okay, so let's go to Jolene uh, Seitz's horse went forever. Yeah, huh? Let's go to uh, go to number seven. Are we already ready for number seven? I feel like we're going through the list kind of fast. That's we're, okay. We're good. We're good. We we can throw some stories in here too. Like well, you know, this is a touchy subject of barrel racing right now. Everyone's um, <laughs> well. The, the one thing I find is that there's a lot of criticism of barrel racers and the way people ride and the equipment people use and the horses and all that kind of stuff on social media which is, I find it unfair. It's because one of those things where it's like, if it works, if a certain style or a certain thing works for you, you should be able to do it without criticism. Like, what, wasn't it Emily, like, Blazel or Basil who got, like, ripped on social Basil. media for having, using elastics on her hands and stuff like that? Like, Yes, but I, stocks I, I, and elastics went up. You never, you, like, barrel racing is the only event in rodeo that gets blasted on, like, by armchair barrel it's a, racers. I was just going to say, it's a lot of couch jockeys <laughs> that yeah. want to say something, but they're not literally there running through the tunnel. Hmm. It's so one of those things. They want. Something, something different works for everybody, and different bits and, and different stuff for things, horses, different equipment. Like, there's no one certain interest. way of doing it. You know, like, like there's, like there's the basic mechanics of it. It's kind of like bull riding. There's like the basic mechanics of you got to do certain things to do to do yeah, it. But it's like everybody ends up having their own style. You got to ride the bull. Got to ride the bull. So, yeah, I don't know. I wanted to make that point. It's just like. I don't understand that part of barrel racing well, is how everybody's so critical of each other. And so we're actually going through different decades too. Like we talked about Isabel, Isabel Miller, uh, winning her titles in, uh, in 19, 1960 and 1969. Yeah. And then, but then we have, uh, like we just got to Carol, Carol, uh, Carol Wilson. She won in 2001, 2002. So how much has it changed over the years? Yeah. That's what we've, we have the conversation lots with the rough stock. He's not saying anybody's old. No, no. Wondering, which is like, we, we talk about it lots with the rough stock events with like how much the stock and the competition has changed and especially in the bull riding and the the scoring and the scoring. Yeah, exactly. So how much has barrel racing as a whole changed over those generations? Well, lots. Yes. Well, they used to just have a flag for the time. So it was just your flag. So I mean, that's changed a lot, I would say, as like the fairness, really. Dang. And the a timer. flag around the timer. Dang. So this, that was like, uh, that was going back to like, when did they actually start? Like when did the, when did the farm tech timers, when did those start coming around? Farm tech is newer, but they used to have like, they were the, coping, they were like these big, Wacy probably remembers these from his barrel racing days. So they're like those oh. big, <laughs> long yeah, exactly. thing. I, totally. Probably, but anyways, I don't know when farm tech came around, but it was timers were a big thing. That was a big, that was a big thing for barrel racing. I would say like probably when Isabel won her titles, it would have been a flag. Time. Flag so, and a stopwatch. Yeah. Wow. So that's total get total guesstimation essentially. Yeah. Huh. 
I mean, not taking anything away from it, but that I think has revolutionized barrel racing into like Wacy said, the barrel racing, their caddy or whatever, but it doesn't really matter how you do it, how you look, it's the fastest person wins. So I don't, there's no right way to barrel race. That's true. Just the way I do it. Cause I always win. <laughs> one and oh, Wacy ends and two one and oh, two and oh, two and oh. Ah, uh, so, right, please. so with the, uh, I just want to touch base here. No, there's even more than that that's changed over the years. I would have to say, oh, like, yeah. I mean, obviously sometimes the ground isn't still perfect, whatever some road is, but a lot oh, of no, places. Yeah, we're gonna talk about the ground. What did you expect? Okay, no, the ground has gotten better at a lot of places. A lot more committees are paying more attention to it, so that also plays into it. Um, veterinary care, um, those kinds of things have made great advancements over the years as well. Um, more horses paying attention to their, or people paying attention to their horses bleeding, let's say, or the talk of kissing spine or whatever else is going on. <laughs> they don't, they're like, pardon me. What is, what? What is this? <laughs> but so there's been advancements that way as well. And then like, even the, the breeding, I don't, I don't want to say that it's gotten better, but I feel like people would pay more attention to that. And it mm-hmm. does help as much as you don't have to ride papers. Sometimes it helps to ride papers. That does help. Rana, do you think, what all do you time. think yeah, on any of those points? Oh, for sure. I think that there's more quality. There was maybe yes. less, there yes. was always been very good horses, but probably now there's more good horses. Yes. And I, I totally agree with you. I know my mom, I, there's pictures of her braille racing. You're like, Oh, oh. it's like at, um, in, what was it? Swan rivers. Like, Oh, there's grass in the arena. Still. Yeah. Or like they just, yeah, they just broke the ground out, you know, and that is a big advancement, but still ground. They haven't really, I don't think it's been mastered yet. No, definitely not mastered. And equipment. It probably can't be perfect, though, because the weather changes it. Like, I don't know how you make it perfect outside. Well, I have a question for both of you on that. Am I wrong? Am I wrong with that, though? How do you make perfect ground when it's outside? It won't be consistent, but you can make it so that it is safe, at least. I mean, does that make sense? No. Okay, that's safe. Safe is your best. Safe is all really anybody asks for. Yeah. A good example for that is Lethbridge this year. Because the, the arena was fucked. Like if they wouldn't work the ground and extend, like push back the slack deck shower just to work it and get it to a safe spot, like that's an achievable thing. Like every place, okay. even though the weather may be a factor, like they could have just went on the road. Like they could have done every other event where the arena was, but they like took the time to make sure it was done well. Okay. Yeah. So okay, I get it. That's a good example. What does it take to be safe though? Enlighten me. What does it take to be safe? Rana, I'll let you take this one on being safe ground well i ran at lee park one year and literally broke a horse's leg at the first barrel and that's and you know that's a terrible that is a there's a hard pan and it's terrible so that's it i mean and then after that the ground was quite good for a few years because the the gentleman said i'll not have bad ground again but anyways a hard pan you don't want a hard pan basically what is is something for a horse to get into sorry kind of like a hard pan like it's hard you're running in there there's nothing for them to really get into and push off of it's you're running it's on chuck wagon ground yes it's chuck and you know what yeah. chuck wagon ground that is the heart i think in canada the hardest thing you have to overcome because they always say that oh they barrel racers want deep ground but they don't want deep ground i think we deep. can both strathmore this year they put a ton of effort in and they had good chuck wagon ground and they had good barrel racing ground in calgary that you can do both but it's that hard. They like it fluffy on top and then hard on the bottom underneath. So and that's who, who should be responsible for the safety of the ground? Should it be the committees or should it be the sanctioning body of said rodeo? I would think, I mean, I bet the uh, NHL, their ice, I mean, the, who, who takes care of their ice. 
Well, it's in, it's, but I think it's, it's individually taken care of by each team, but I think it's regulated by the league or they have it, they, it's maintained and like the standards are set by the league. So, and I bet there's, well, there are league officials at every NHL game. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, there are. Yeah. So I would think that technically, technically rodeo probably should have league officials at every event, but but then Will how many would happen? you have in the CPRA and would they be at every rodeo every weekend throughout the year? Yeah, right. That, that's a big undertaking that's probably necessary, but Or maybe likely. you need to set it up so that you just have like ground training for committees. But then yeah, they, but they're each volunteers. Committee has to, I know, right? So it just makes it tricky. How do you make that work? How do you make it a thing? I would love to see it be a thing, but how do you make it a thing? Yeah. I know they have stuff at the CFR, like in the, like the meetings and committee meetings, they have had people come and talk and that type of thing. And I know we helped out at Lethbridge and I'll tell you that like the worst possible weather, we worked it, we, Keenan was there and we had like, the ground was beautiful and then the rain, right. And it was safe, but you know what? They had an indoor rodeo in Tabor. And I think like six girls fell down and no one fell at Lethbridge. It was actually Ooh. safe at Lethbridge. And we and had after, like, after the slack, the ground was like, after you guys, before the slack, like it was like, there's not, there's no way there's a rodeo happening in this arena. Like it was, yeah. Rough. but now it's, it was good. After. It was impressive. It was I thought, and I that was, it. yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and that was, and I know, cause I helped out like on the committee and, but also contestants, they don't ever, I feel give committees enough credit. Like, most people are volunteering. They're the first to complain about a committee, right? Yeah. yeah. Like that's who they, and I'm like, you know, these people are just doing this out of the goodness of their heart, basically in Canada, because they love rodeo. Everywhere. Every, yeah. And yeah, everywhere. Because you genuinely love rodeo. And then when somebody, it's maybe just a case of being like, hey, nicely approaching someone rather than complaining about it and informing someone. It's maybe lack of information. Lack of knowledge. Some of the folks on the committee yeah. don't know. They need some help. Yeah, don't be a dick. Yeah. Number one rule, don't be a dick. Support your local. That's what I say. Don't be a dick. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's get back to the list. We're gonna get to a couple more, then we're gonna take a little halftime yeah. intermission, get a fresh beer, all that sort of thing. Okay. So number seven, we've got D Butterfield, 11 times to the CFR for 22 points. We've also got some bonus points here for Canadian Pro Rodeo season leader for another 20. Then we've got Canadian champion. Um, where we got uh where we got here? D Butterfield. 1992. Uh, she also went to the NFR that year. Uh, and I think there were 11 Canadians or 12 Canadians at the NFR. And that's an all time high 1992. So these, uh, I think it was her single trip to no, or yeah. Her one NFR trip was the year that they had, uh, was she um, one or was she two Rana? I'm pretty sure she's twice. Cause she went, I think before, cause she had the, she oh, had in the, back the in the day, she had a really nice horse. I'm pretty sure she's two. Two. Okay. So My I sister might, would know. Probably mixed up. Anyways, no, we've got her in be, at. We've so got, that could bump her up. That actually would. So we probably that would bump her a position. But I couldn't find. I couldn't find the damn stats for NFR qualifiers for barrel racing. I didn't see it. It's not in the media guide because. And WPRA that's the same thing because it's WPRA. Yeah, yeah. the WPRA so records again. suck. So WPRA, if there's anyone listening, fix your records, please, or make them public so I can find them. Yeah, this would make it a lot easier so that yeah. these spreadsheets were so correct. It's not word of mouth. But yeah. So what we'll do is we'll say D Butterfield, we've got her in at uh we could just ask, we could just text Brooke or somebody right now a chance or like they would know. Yeah. I'll do that right now. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna get back to this. So, but anyways, we've got her in at uh 72 right now, puts her at seventh, and it actually 
we'll just go right to the next couple because that that could change it here. Um, but like we said, the NF the CFR ones are kind of bonus points too. So this uh, five, six, seven is a little bit murky maybe at this point, but uh, let's go 72 points so far. D Butterfield, number six. Um, like we said, 1992 Canadian champion. Don't know which year she went to the, to the uh, NFR perfectly it's yet, up in the air it's up in the air but tell us about she D. was there yeah so when i was making this list um and again trying to explain to people we it's have to put chance. points on these things so that it's not just like number one in our hearts and the list was like half of people just being like d's number one d's number one. Oh, really yeah people absolutely love d she's wonderful she's had a successful breeding program um and obviously she's done really well she does a lot of clinics helps a lot of people out and just an overall great human so yeah people really love d and believe that she should be a lot higher up on this list, but oh, as really? per our numbers, gotta, that's where we have her. We've said it several times. Now. You gotta be able to she's given it. back so much. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. But she's given back so much to the sport. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And she's been in then, like we, I said, her like maturity horses and that yes. type of thing. So she may have been, is successful, not may have been, but she was successful yeah. in another mm-hmm. area, but this isn't what we're measuring. So right. And so like, yeah, mad, if, it's... if we could have, it would have been nice to include like maturity derby stats or like any of the other jackpotting or training of other horses that went on to do well. But because this is as per Ted's numbers and rodeo based, it's rodeo based <laughs> though, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's Ted's it's fault. Oh, we all know that, but, but it's, it's the easiest way to quantify yes, in a sense because exactly. it's, it's accomplished based. Like when you look, yeah, like when you look at even the Hockey Hall of Fame, they have different categories of people. When it's like on the player category side, it's on their accomplishments on the ice. Yeah, it's not based off if, they, if, they, competition. if, they, if it's contributions to the sport, they get put into the builders category and stuff like that. So for it to be an actual list of the greatest barrel racers ever you have to do it this way with a point system on what they've won and what they've done based in on, the arena based on our our made-up a point system for and it's it's the only point system and it's the best point system so it's made up of cowboy shit it. it's the only one at this point yeah exactly Essentially, we're so first ones if you don't like it then <laughs> kick her out no find another now. podcast <laughs> like lipstick and cowboy boots <laughs> <laughs> just kidding i don't i don't okay. put a lot of episodes out so what did, did we find out on, on the timeline there no on the qu- oh chance says just one only went to it because it was on the way to a job in texas <laughs> 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 I did not say that this was for a podcast. That's, but a, classic being honest. That's a classic Butterfield story. That's really funny. Oh boy. Oh so, boy. so in saying that though, so higher up on the list, um, so we have D with the with the one rank, like the NFR Wrangler NFR qualifications, but but some of our people on the list have made it to the NFR seven times. So yeah, as far as you know, the greatest ever, we're ranking again. We I have to keep saying this because we're ranking on the world stage. Yes. If we were just talking about Canada and what people did in Canada, it would be a different list. Totally. Yeah. And it, but it's a smaller sample size only in Canada too, because you're competing against Canadians. It's, it's like, it's almost like, I don't want to say we're like a circuit sometimes, but essentially if somebody won the Rocky mountain circuit 20, 27 times, they might be thought of as the greatest in that area, but they're mm-hmm. not against the world. So yeah, this is what we're trying to, trying to uh, drive quantify. And, and like your comments on D that way, that was kind of where we were at with like, with like a Cody Snyder. He's, yeah. he's built, his events and done so much on Scott Shifter too. Shifter, yeah. yeah. Shifter didn't even make our list, I don't think, when it came down to it. Really? Everybody, he would have been the guy that would have been uh like a lot of people were like, Oh, it's Scott Number Shifter, one. Scott, yeah, Shifter yeah. Scott Shifter, Scott Shifter. He went to the CFR 18 times. That was not first. Like, well, Cody Snyder and Daryl were world champions. So we're yes. making a list of the world. So exactly that's what we're doing. They're from Canada. Yes. On the world stage. Yes. 
I get it. I just like really want to make sure people understand it and why we're doing it. And please don't come at me. Do it. Come at us. And but one thing I think is neat though is that Wacy and I like you know he's two and on the barrel racing, so he's kind of a big deal. But like we can be (laughs) we can be armchair jockeys over here, you know, couch jockeys, and make a list about barrel racing because we have this made up point point system, and it can kind of be kind of legit because it kind of makes sense based on what we've made up, right? So. You don't have to agree, but we could we could take but you could take this point system makes sense in a way you could take apply it to other sports too though, right? Like yeah. you could take it to hockey or basketball. There's like all this whatever you can make it, you can make it work. It's it's it makes sense the list. So yeah. Rana, so, do you have any comments on D and her career? <laughs> well, I I'm gonna thing. circle the wagons back around. No, I think the same way I know why people feel that way because she has yes. put so much into the sport. Like and can yeah. she built a career out of it, basically. Like she's uh yeah. She had a great breeding program for clinics and people yeah. really respect her. So then people, yes. it's like that. Oh, but it's emotional and not like, you know, so yeah. I understand why. And totally. she's a, she herself has produced two CFR qualifiers. Yes. Oh, that's, that's Thanks. the other side of the program. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so she's got she's got it covered. She is. <laughs> yep, she's got it covered. The only the only thing they're they're missing is a couple more Canadian titles, a Canadian champion, like the Walter side of things. Well, she's got right. grandkids you know, coming up. Anything's right? possible. You never know. You never know. Okay, so, so okay, before we go to the next one, would you guys? I was thinking. I've been thinking about this. Would you say the barrel racing is one of the hardest events to make the NFR in? Just 100%. with the sheer with the sheer volume of contestants and the amount of rodeos there are, like. And finding a horse. Finding yes. a horse. Yeah, because you look at the yeah, and keeping a horse sound. Yes. And the it's cost hard, is very hard. Of his shit. Yes. Yeah, and you know it's it's terrible. It is like if you hear like it's like if a dad goes and rodeos, right? It's like oh yeah, he's waiting from his kids for the year. And no one really looks <laughs> down on you, right? Like oh, he's just going. And if a mom goes and tries to make the NFR and she's away from her kids, people are like right back to wasting me. Like I can't believe she do that. <laughs> you know. But it is, it's hard. You have to leave yeah. your kids. I wouldn't want to leave my kids. No, I'd be t- it's it's a whole many, so many other factors in that, in that sense, for sure. Yeah. Who, who was the lady the other, the, like a couple years ago that made the NFR after like 30 years of raising kids and stuff, she went off and came back again. I forget her, her name is escaping me right now, What? no, it's not Donna K rule, not Donna K. but, but Bertina Olsen could be an example of that. Yeah. Oh, did you read she- my interview? Is that how you got well, that in? Well, we interviewed you. Uh, oh, fine, whatever. Uh, whatever. Fine, never mind. I got <laughs> excited. I thought they might have read my stuff. They don't even care. Her husband, Walker. Mary Walker? Mary Walker. Mary Walker, yeah. Yeah, right? Didn't she, like, take, like, 25 years out of the business and then come back and goes then? Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of sacrifice. Yeah. Okay, number But six. it is, I think, for a mom, and I know it, but it is, it's like, you have to be prepared to basically be away for a year. Well, and you go to the rodeo and there's so many people entered, even in Canada, like most rodeos have a hundred barrel racers entered. Like there's like 60 barrel racers in the most slack. And then circle back to ground and you drop at Lethbridge in the monsoon or you drop, you know, so that's, you're dealing with all of those factors and like your horse isn't working. And if you're a bull rider, you just draw a new bull, right? Or you draw a new horse, the next rodeo. And when things aren't working with your horse, even in the the guys events, the bulldogging, you can get off a horse and on another horse. Yeah. They share mounts a lot. And we're way cattier. We're not sharing mounts. No, no, don't touch my horse. (laughs) Yeah. So that's why I do think it's hard. Really, really, really hard. So many jokes in here. I'm, I'm ignoring them. (laughs) Number six, go to number six. (laughs) 
boys. <laughs> that was that one was random. She put that in. She put that out there. <laughs> I think I said. <laughs> See, now. I didn't even know it. So oh, it's fine. Boy. It's fine. Yeah. Okay, number six. Listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> number six. We've got uh, Carmen Pazabon, BC's own. She uh, ripping lady. Yeah, two two CFRs. That doesn't seem right. She only made the CFR twice. This list was made in 2019. I think she only. Yeah, I think she I didn't. Right. She wasn't there a lot. Uh, she wasn't there in no. 2021. She probably got no. three though. Hey. Two, three. Regardless, that's worth two points. Yeah. Right? Anyways, she's probably still in the same spot. Yeah. <laughs> we obviously did our homework this time. Ted, so. how hard? Ted, did you make the, the CFR? Is it hard to make the CFR? Should be worth more points. Oh, I'm just saying. Dude, you just got I'm, I'm saying. I'm saying. Uh, I I wish you but, were here. I'd high five you. I don't know where I'm going with this. I don't know. I don't know what even happened there. What? I'll, I'll, Anyways, Carmen. Carmen's got a, a couple CFRs. CFR season leader, uh, Canadian champion, NFR qualification, and NFR average champion. That was. Uh, was it twenty? Was it twenty nineteen? She won it. So yeah. Race? Before the world. Nineteen. Yeah. So that puts her in at 79 points, possibly 81 points. Uh, even if you take away the five points for the CFR season leader, she's still ahead of uh, D Butterfield. And we think we have all of D's stats. So that still puts her pretty solidly right in the, the number six spot. And she's still behind the number five spot. So we think like it's still pretty close. It's a nice way to separate the list as well. So, so Carmen, but this brings me to a point we talked about earlier in the day. Uh, when we're kind of having a little call on the drive today. And uh, Rani, you said that winning the average of the NFR isn't maybe that hard because you can just kind of like go and make fast, like decent runs, but maybe not even win any money in the rounds. Right? Like you can she go and say that it wasn't hard. Okay. I'm not just said that I else. thought maybe winning a Canadian title was, I mean, you have to. I mean, that's also a slippery. So, but I'm with you, I, point, I will though. own that. I do own that. If you can get around the barrels at the NFR any clean. year, yeah, clean and not, not hit a barrel. Basically you've got the average in the bag because it's hard. I mean, it's hard to get around the barrels. I acknowledge that. Yes. Clean. Heard that yes. that long. So how I'm not pen, especially. Yeah. I would have to, I'd have to look back at some, like, again, stats for the WPRA suck for whoever does that I'm calling you out. But uh, I wonder how often that average race is is a real race. Like like we're saying, I haven't paid enough attention to notice how much of a difference it is. Because sometimes it's like, oh, she just got to get around the barrels clean and she'll win it. But sometimes there is a bit of a race there for that. It's not always the case to be just 10 clean runs, right? And Carmen still won. She didn't win around, but oh, yeah. she's second. Like she's, she still, was, you know, still did very well. And you win the average, you're still winning. It's one of the biggest part of what we're doing with this list is it is it's the biggest titles on the world stage but it's also some of the biggest checks like where else do you win seventy thousand in one check yeah. in the whole Western world right like so you know houston calgary was 100 so for some reason it was only 50 this year they're still covering on Figuring the covid out. side but like the americans uh, it's like 100,000. yeah like there's not many checks that are worth that and like this one takes a lot to get there and it's it's elevated and there's different steps to, to get to even to that point so I get the point where it could be that way and it might not be as, you know, it might be weighted pretty heavily for what it is on a 10 day show, but it's also, there are no other probably 10 day shows of that caliber. So it might be a little heavy, but still it's winning on the world stage. So we have it ranked pretty high. 
and that puts Carmen Pazabon number six. And I mean, I think that that's plus she's already a Canadian champion too. So even if it, even if she wasn't, even if we took uh, took away a few of the points, she'd still be in our top ten. I think so. Hundred you know, percent. You can argue it yeah. either way, but what do you? And what she do you had think a phen- that's a phenomenal horse. Yes, amazing horse. Yeah, Rippin Lady, what a badass. And Carmen, just they're they're the perfect pair. They do so amazing together. And yeah, like talking about the NFR and being able to be that consistent over ten days, like. NFR is a marathon. It's not just rodeoing every night. You've got so much more going on. Not that I've been there and done that. I mean, Rana gets to go down and help out with some competitors down there and she would know how exhausting and grueling the schedule can be for it. So you do all it's that, hard. all those I'm things. Tired usually. You're tired. Yeah. You know, I'm going to take care of a damn horse. Exactly. But so you take, take all that into consideration. Biggest. Plus, then you got to get around those barrels. You're tired. Your horse is tired. You're not just at home. I mean, sure. They rodeo all year. So they're used to being out on the road, et cetera. But still, and then to be able to stay consistent, especially that pin is so tough because it's blind going to the first barrel and it's tiny in there. And so sometimes your horse starts getting short on you and we see them, you know, drop a shoulder. We're knocking barrels or some horses of whatever. Anyways, it's tough. So to be able to do what she's done on rip, fantastic. One of my favorites. And tell me, uh, tell me what, uh, where, where they are now. Uh, they haven't uh, been going for a couple of years. I don't know. I don't know the current story where, where Carmen's at. What's, what's happened. I don't know this. She had a baby. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then she also battles MS. Yeah. She uh, has MS and she has a bit of some health issues with that, which is another terrible thing. So she's just, I think, I think her horse is ready to go. She's trying to get herself ready to go. Okay. Yes. And now she has a, her in, uh, what, what's his name again? It's to Jay, isn't it? Yeah. Jace? Jace. Jace. Yeah, Jace, yeah. not Jay. Yeah. Bonus, it started with the J. Uh, but his uh, heel click in the alley after they won the average when he jumped up and did a sweet heel click, that's where some bonus points to. That was pretty good. Okay, so we're going to add <laughs> bonus points to that. So where does that move her? <laughs> anyway, she's still where she's at, number six. But um, yeah, wishing Carmen the best with the, with uh, with coming back as well. You know, it's, it's kind of a shame. Like, what's Rip doing while... Um, hasn't she She's be good shape? Is she somebody else riding Pulse Membryos or they've had, she's had some break? babies. Yeah. 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 Babies okay. all around for the, for the duo. For everybody. Not me. No. Everybody gets a baby. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. So number six, Carmen Pazabon, uh, um, that's our first kind of half of the list. We'll, uh, yeah. we're going to take a quick break. Wait, you want to pay some bills? We'll, uh, we'll, uh, <laughs> you got, you got your scripts. I can pull it. I can pull it out here. We can also, we'll do them. We'll do them later on. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah All yeah, right. Yeah. So let's take a little break. Uh, everybody, this is episode 129 of Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy. I'm Ted. He's Wacy. Thanks for joining us. Thank you to Cassie and Rana for being here as well. We're going to get to our next half of the list after a quick, uh, quick break, get our refreshments and waste. This episode Good. of Cowboy Shit is brought to you by Sweet Pro. Premium supplements have been manufactured since 1991. Using Sweet Pro will save you about 20% on your forage needs. And we both know that hay ain't cheap, especially heading into the fall, the fall and winter months. So if you want to save some money on your forage needs and have healthier and better looking animals, check out our friends at Sweet Pro. Check out your local feed retailer. If they don't have it, you got to ask them for it. And yeah, Sweet Pro. Check them out on, I think their social media is Sweet Pro and then at Sweet Pro Feeds and then at Sweet Pro Canada as well. You can check them out. 
Our friend Eric. <clears throat> our friend Eric. Yeah, we're doing some cool stuff. We got some fun stuff happening with him at our another friend of the show, the CFR, which is happening today. Actually, is our first the first day of the CFR is coming up. We got our there's the there's the Sweet Pro tailgate party. We got mm-hmm. Cowboy Shit Live daily from three thirty to four thirty. We have the CFR watch parties with us that we're hosting before each performance. So it's going to be a crazy week. We are looking forward to it. We're going to be busy and we'll be kicking around there. So if you are in Red Deer next week from November 2nd to 6th, check out the CFR 48. Yeah, come see us. All right. We'll uh, catch up with you all in a bit. Cattlemen, our industry is changing. Molasses tubs are old technology. Sweet Pro Feeds leads a new era of performance supplements. Studies have shown Sweet Pro improves feed efficiency up to 25% and has an increased rate of gain. You know your cattle need protein and mineral, so cover your supplement needs with a proven leader. Sweet Pro Feeds. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back to episode 129 of Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy. I am Ted. He is Wacy. And our guest, our guest, uh, guest hosts are expert guests, in-house guests, in-house and in-computer guests. Um, Rana Koopmans, Cassie Hausauer, thanks for joining us today. We just got off the rails with a little sidebar. We're just going over which event shares the most mounts. Yeah, in rodeo. We're thinking at the per- at the perfs, it's probably the Bulldoggers. After the perf, <laughs> who's to say? <laughs> Do you have a do, do you have a score? Do you have tests? <laughs> do you have some numbers? Oh boy. <laughs> That's for another episode. That's for another time. Yeah. That's for another time. Um so to recap the first half of our list of the top barrel races ever. Go ahead. From Canada. We have in the number 10 spot, Isabel Miller. Number nine, Ray Lee Walter. Number eight, Carol Wilson. Number seven, D. Butterfield. And number six, Carmen Pazabon. Again, we're using a point point. A completely made-up point system to rank these barrel racers in a totally fictitious way that you may or may not agree with. But it's our way, so deal with it. It's yeah. our show, our podcast. <laughs> so that brings us to... It's just number... for fun, you guys. Okay, wait, before we get into this, I need to ask oh, yeah, my yeah. question. So, oh, okay. Excuse me, I have a question. So with the upcoming season of Yellowstone, how do you guys feel <laughs> about the portrayal of barrel racers in Yellowstone? Because essentially, like, Yellowstone has brought, has made country cool again. And they're like, and there's a lot of like gestures to barrel racer community, barrel racer landia, barrel racer land in the show. So I'd like to get your guys's take on how they've portrayed your kind. Okay, I will agree. I will agree that Yellowstone has done a really good job at bringing like making cowboy cool and making more people aware of it. Yesterday, I was at my coach's um, bikini competition, and her boyfriend, who is from Colombia, when I started saying, "Yeah, I used to compete in barrel racing, you know, rodeo," and he says yeah, no, I've watched Yellowstone. Like, I know what you mean. I know what you do. And so I thought it was cool. At least like, okay, he knows, you know, three barrels, two hearts, one dream, but, um, I know know that too. Yeah. But, um, as for how they portray, oh gosh, I wouldn't say that they portray the majority. Maybe there is a minority (laughs) that they are portraying though. They try to make it sound like that's how we all are, but I don't believe it that we all are that way, at least not the group that I have hung around with or competed with. Um, yeah, but Rana, your take <laughs> on that. Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't know if that's proper, you know, when you I actually haven't watched all of Yellowstone. I've had a lot there of people go. ask come up and ask me like, are barrel racers actually like that? And I'm like, yes, they are. Especially the ones that I've dated. 
<laughs> Part of so maybe you're not dating quality. <laughs> yeah, I guess it could be. Like, yeah, I could have been dipping into the wrong pool there, but 100%. thankfully, I'm in a better place now. Sharing the wrong mounts. <laughs> oh, there it is. Touche. <laughs> All right. Okay, back to the list. Top five barrel racers from Canada. Let's go to number five. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. What do you got? I want to go back to. Uh, at the horse expo, we were recording a show and we had a conversation oh, of like who's with more class who's more classy, yeah, the show jumpers or the barrel racers. I'd like to also get your guys' take on that too. Oh, I spend a week at um Spruce Meadows Masters um and get to watch the jumping there. Oh my gosh, you guys. Anyways, <laughs> Ted's making jokes. Okay, anyways, um I, I think stop. <laughs> Ted's laugh always kills me. Anytime I listen to this podcast, when Ted starts going off on his, his, it's that giggle right there. If you can hear it, it's that giggle sends me over every single time when he laughs. Anyways, I spend that much time at the Spruce Meadows masters. And uh, I think they're a very classy bunch and not the barrel razors. <laughs> not the barrel racers aren't classy. I just think says the world of show jumping is like <laughs> next level. They're very high class bunch of folks oh i'm sweating oh, I'm, with, I'm with cassie on that yeah okay i mean right. there's bill gates's daughter has a barn right yes. level okay. of- oh my gosh even in, in the world of like arabian show horses jeff bezos sister owns this beautiful barn in arizona like i'll show you guys a video after Jeffy it's bezos. stunning Damn. um so Damn. yeah it's not that we're not classy we're just the yes we're just not as classy. We're just not as classy. There we go. I respect okay. that answer. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. I'm satisfied. You did Thanks. that way better than I did that red deer. Ted, Ted sewered himself so hard at red deer. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Number five. <laughs> Don't Move on. Okay. Stop it. Get it together. Number five with 86 made up points. We have Ruth McDougall, five time Canadian champion, eight times to the CFR, one NFR qualification, gets her 86 points to be number five on the list. I was looking at the, list over here of former canadian champions and she won the canadian title in 1984 1985 87 88 and 89 so five times that was what you call a dynasty folks five (laughs) titles in one decade uh similar timeline to the five titles in the in the 80s same as similar to the edmonton oilers go oilers um die hard five canadian titles so 86 points tell us a bit about uh about ruth oh she had um a really good horse named doc and yeah and he loved it. it was in edmonton at the time and then she also she was like kind of a legend see my sister would be good at this she's better but no she had a great horse doc and loved edmonton and yeah and then she her we were talking earlier cassie her granddaughter and daughter-in-law they all barrel race so yeah the legacy okay. lives on the legacy lives on great breeding program Great breeding program there. Yep. That's what it takes. Great breeding program. Ruth McDougall is checks in at number five. That takes us to number four. Rayel Little, formerly Rayel Robin Robinson. Sorry, I'm trying to get all the names are changing. That's part of the trouble here too. See barrel racers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so Rayel Little, uh, 20 CFR qualifications. Uh, we have six season leader titles. Uh, four-time Canadian champion, two times to the NFR, puts her in at 150 points. Uh, this we're getting up high on the point side of things now, but uh, but how do you argue with 
with uh, one of the best, one of the best ever, right? Four, four Canadian titles. That's uh, fourth, fourth best of anyone in uh, in Canadian pro rodeo. Uh, two NFRs. That's uh, second, or not? Sorry, that's fourth highest as far as NFR qualifications on the list. Um, tell us about Real. She's um, phenomenally talented. Made this on. She had a several horses. Also, she's trained many, sold many. Um, Tia was her first line of horses that were very talented, but she came from BC originally, but has trained many horses, actually lady perk. She sold to Busby's. And if we're talking about breeding, that horse was the mother to the horse that won the Calgary stampede this year. She's been known. If you were going to go with points on other aspects, she would probably trump quite a few people because of her training and winning in so many different areas and, that type of thing. She's, I would say one, a, a legacy. That's where someone may also argue that she should be higher or whatever, but she's oh, very talented. Definitely. And Taylor Manning rides behind her or does go to her for a lot of things as well. And obviously that speaks for itself. I think lots of people, Kirsty and her tight. She's yes. helped a lot of people kind of like D. Yeah. And so just for the record, she, we have her in at 150 points. But uh, I'm giving Jerry Deuce uh, our number three on the list, the tiebreaker, because we don't have any CFR qualification for Jerry. But she's a nine-time Canadian champion, so there'd be at least nine CFR qualifications if you're going to win. Without even making it. Yeah, because there's um, Jerry made the CFR from 19 or won her Canadian titles between 1964 and 1977, and the CFR wasn't even introduced until uh, 1974. So there's some years there where we don't really have the stats CFR, but yeah. by technicality she would have you know by being the canadian champion you're i'm essentially giving her 90 points there to put her which yeah. would actually would actually put her maybe second technically really yeah but so we we'll get to because that of the technicalities of it yeah yeah so we'll get to that eventually but but anyways uh ray a little uh number four on our list do we have any do we have any discrepancies with this or are we pretty no hands down i mean yeah she's we're good. Outstanding. Nice lady. Great gal. So that brings us to Jerry Deuce, number three on the list. We have her in at 150 points, but like we said, we don't have the CFR qualifications. So that was prior to. I would like and to give Jerry extra points because she has the best arms. Arms. I was just going to say, she's still rocking it. Oh my God. And she's she still very racing. Yes. And when I did an interview with her once on camera, one of the questions I asked her, I was like, can I ask you a question? Where can I get tickets to the gun show? <laughs> and, and what can we attribute these arms to? And she says power yoga every oh, morning, really? power yoga. yoga that's rips. where she gets, like her arms Dang. are amazing. Anyway, sorry, Dang. off topic, but I've not never really. heard a comment like that about arms before. This is no, they're amazing. Ted, you should take you, a look at I'll, Yeah, you should. If you ever see Jerry Deuce, be like, Jerry, I heard you I'm have great arms. Tricep. I would like to see them. Triceps really? are she put you to shame. Yeah, she was. She's <laughs> she's badass. Yeah. Dang. And you know what? Turner's her sister too. They were the flying deuces. Yes. Phenomenal yeah, trick riders. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like created that and have schools and like had had. Yeah. Legends. Right? Legends. Absolute legends. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hall of Fame. Yeah, absolutely. So so that would if we put nine CFRs on there, that would actually take her to 240 points. But it would actually put her in second place. So we're gonna have to define this at some point somehow but uh but uh anyways, currently as it sits currently as it sits we're gonna say i can pull up my messages okay that was from her next message. you might might take you a while to find them so then let's just go to number two while we're at it 
We're getting this is kind of a quick second half, but well, so well, no, tell us more, Joe. No, sorry, hold on. I got my I got my Jerry Deuce message. Um, so I had said, Hey, I'm doing what I'm doing, making the list. And she said, Hey, before the first CFR, the season leader was the Canadian champion. At the first CFR, it was sudden death at the finals. I think each year at the CFR, I was a season leader going in. That is till 1978 when I lost my horse TJ to a barn fire at the Calgary Stampede Barn. Yeah, times. So that's what I got from message from her. So that I never, I never got a definitive number, but that is what yep. she had to say you about can attribute it. Though, the, nine, the nine, the nine Canadian titles equals nine. CFRs. At least nine. Yeah. So, yeah. so technically based on our system that we would probably be, um, probably be, she probably would have been top 10 in every other, in all the other years. So 64 to 77 is what? 15 years. But you said when was the first CFR? It was 74. So then right, you can't so, give her the ones before that because it was CGRA. Not, not technically, but I mean, if we're, if we were comparatively doing it though, you would say yeah. that because you had CFRs oh. for Isabel Miller and she was in that era. You had points. Yeah, so hers wouldn't be CFRs. They wouldn't technically be CFRs. No, because it was CGRA back then. Right. Oh, you have her down for seven. So then does this change the list completely? Well, but I'm just, I'm just Everything saying Everything we like, said is a bunch of BS. I'm just saying that like Jerry is probably, if we're going to, if we would give her CFR uh, qualification points, I would assume you could take away a couple possibly, and we're talking like a two-point swing. Uh, but say she was top 10 or 12 from 64 to 77, that'd be 15, that'd be 30 points in CFR qualifications. And then, oh, so yeah, it's not 10 points. It's only two. Sorry, I mixed up. She's in the same place. We're good. Okay. Good. I have my adding off. Anyways. We're going to circle Sorry. the wagons back. <clears throat> back on the back on the trails and so, still barrel races and does well yes yeah and yeah. she's not young either what about other events tell me about that like in the cgra side of things did you do any other events no no cow riding like, or anything probably like a founding trick riding a founding like i guess they, they did trick riding a long time ago too but yeah. probably like built part of that what that is now with help build it up like definitely yeah. gave back and doing a lot of clinics and teaching people and getting them on their way i would think yeah mm-hmm. and i know my parents said like you had never saw trick riding until you saw those two go so strong they were way like way there you could have they're the best it's still <laughs> even now when you watch they were the best really mm-hmm. yeah, that's impressive that's pretty cool hmm. so yeah. it's crazy as hell so we've got uh i don't know if i mentioned either but but nine canadian titles and, and three NFR. So we've got 150 points there. Plus, you know, at least 10 CFR say gets us to 170 or so. Yeah. So that gets us a clearly defined number three, which takes us to number two. Da, da, da. Yeah. Number two on our list of the greatest barrel racers ever from Canada. We've got Deb Gelly 22 times to the Canadian finals rodeo three times. We've got her in at season leader, five time Canadian champion, Six times to the Wrangler NFR for 229 points. Uh, okay, we've got Deb winning her first Canadian title in 1995. Again, next year, 96, 98, 2000, and 2007 as well. It's a pretty good run. Yeah. Rana, what was it that you wanted to – sorry, what did you want to give her extra points for? Her yellow shirt. Yeah. And Deb, if you ever – like, I always wanted to steal it and be like, hey, Deb. You want this shirt back? What's it worth? Your <laughs> lucky shirt. And I bet everyone listening knows Deb's yellow shirt. A hundred percent they do. And I think what's badass about it that she wore the yellow shirt all the time is because a lot of people are like, oh, you can't wear yellow. It's bad yeah. luck. But Deb wore it and Especially look at where arena, she is. Yeah. Number two on this list. 
Was that uh, yellow shirt anything to do with Eat More? Was it an Eat More sponsorship? Who was the Eat More? Who was Leslie Slosher? Leslie was. was. Leslie, oh. that was my first when I was a kid. Um, I got her autograph on her Eat More autograph sheet. I'm Whoa. sure I still have that somewhere. Whoa. Yeah. Anyways, random tip. No, Deb had or Deb had a run of good horses too. Her first one was Buck, yeah. and that came yeah. from like the Stojans breeding program. Another Jack and Stojan like that. To, if you're going back down the road of. So anyway, she had, but she also did it on two different horses, which is also impressive, right? She went from Buck right into Rainer. That was that, um, the Doc's Paradise breeding, which was the Krause's breeding program. But yeah, yeah, so she did it and she made the NFR on both horses too. So like, it wasn't just, not just one horse, but like she was able to do it on two different, and she had Buck who was really good and then just right into Rainer. So that was kind of impressive and kept that shirt with her the whole time. Yep. The, uh, the other, one of the other impressive pieces, um, the third longest consecutive streak of Canadian finals rodeo qualification. So she made the Canadian, the CFR every year from 1992 to 2011, 20 years in a row, two decades, the whole way. Second longest streak is bill Boyd in the bareback riding. 22 times from 83 to 2004. That's nuts. And then Cliff Williamson made, made the CFR on the tie down every year from 1980 to 2008, 29 years in a row to the end of the Canadian final. As long as I've been alive. Yeah. So just a little bit more, more uh, info there, but that's pretty insane to make. It was like, you couldn't have the CFR without Deb forever. Yeah. I remember watching the NFR growing up and Deb was like the one like Canadian you could count on that was always going to be there and running. Like I, I remember like, square circle up around the TV and, and watching her runs is pretty cool for, uh, for six, six different occasions to the, to the Wrangler NFR. So cool stuff. And then when did she make it last? She made it in the last like seven or eight years. Was that, yeah. so she made it in 20, she made the CFR in 2015 was her last CFR qualification. I forget what the last year she went to the NFR. Is that what I'm going to say? Cause she rode, it was Ruth. Um, she had a horse that wasn't, it was a sorrel horse. She made the NFR on. Ruth case really would be so mad at me. Um, anyways, she had another horse that, and she made it in like 15th at the bear. I remember listening to the yes. rodeo on the, that was the RFTT or whatever on the radio and out of Omaha, she made it kind of thing last. Yeah. I think that was I like 17. Maybe. I want to say, yeah, I think you're pretty dang close with that. What year? Yeah. 17. Oh, really? Yeah. I have to go back and look. I don't actually remember. I did an interview, but I don't recall either. <clears throat> but so which, yeah, it did was, you make? Did you make the NFR, not the CFR that year? I almost think that's the case. Oh, really? That's kind of crazy too, to kind of, is she, but I think she was, she was down there and she focused on that more than CFR. Yes. And so tell me to, uh, like to be, to do this at that level for that long. Like, I mean, there had to be some sacrifices on the family side. There would have to be right. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know her situation or anything that way, but like there would have to have been that way to be on the road for like. 22 years like holy shit that's yeah. a lot there's totally sacrifices that you don't i don't know that and like it goes back to like i said she's like a, a, a woman who went and then people tend to judge that more right it's like oh she doesn't have kids or whatever right but yeah you know what she loves that woman loves horses and she loves to race. like she deserves all of the credit of that absolutely and i never had kids so didn't have that like that's how they're oh. really huh that's yeah that's a. Uh, it's, it's amazing to make it that long and be that dedicated to, you know, make that your life for 22 years. Absolutely. You no, know, you love and it. And be successful for 22 years. Like you can go as long as you want, but 
the success the, may not yeah. always be there. She went well. Yeah, she's gone well. And I mean, she was in Houston. I believe I watched it this year. She made Houston, I think, out of one of the WPRA tours or type of thing she qualified. So, so she's living in Texas. Living in Texas now. Yep. So. Awesome. Everything's bigger in Texas. Right on. Okay. So for anyone that uh, has followed Canadian barrel racing in the last uh, 47 years, probably knew who was going to be number one on our list uh, or very early on, unless they didn't uh, completely agree with our point system. But uh, <laughs> two-time world champion, Lindsay Sears, who got NFR, uh, seven times NFR, uh, not a Canadian champion. Is that is that correct? Is that right? That's yeah. correct. Not a Canadian champion either. Yeah. Kind of wild. That's There's some uh, interesting pieces of that way like i think daryl mills was a world champion before he won canada mm-hmm. as well but he won it both cody snyder i think won uh the world before he won the canadian title too it's like 83 85 daryl was like 92 93 kind of thing but Lindsay, that's that's kind of wild too you could almost take her out by a technicality where it's like oh she wasn't a canadian champion but she was a two-time world champion so but she's still going as well and there's still time for her to win that canadian title like we said this list is still a draft Ever changing. Only. Yeah. So, but two times, uh, world champion, the 2011 and 2013 uh, or nine and years. 11. Gets that. Nine and 11. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So two time world champ, seven times NFR, se- uh, seven times to the Canadian finals rodeo, uh, and NFR aggregate champion as well. So we got her in at 394 points, uh, clearly out number one, Deb, Deb Gelly's uh, 229. So it's a huge, huge difference. But how do you, how do we argue with, uh, with the winning, winning that world title twice? I don't think you can. <laughs> no, no. And especially when you're looking at the system that you're looking at and what we're basing points on, you can't argue with that plain and simple. How do you argue with it without the point system? Well, then, well, we've kind of touched She's base on this. She's not living in Ted. Canada, maybe. Right. Yeah. She's not living in Canada. Yeah. Um, has the one I can you tell if you're going on a different if someone's gonna work, but I mean, that's really like that's like saying she wore a red shirt that day, so I don't think she can win it. Yeah, I mean, she's, she's won the world twice, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I agree with Rana 100%. No so, comment otherwise, yeah, because I was gonna say we could say somebody like D Butterfield, or we could say you know, Ray Little, Jerry Deuce, Deb Gully, which is the comment you got. But yes, those are the comments I got. It was overwhelming. And that's why I never did this podcast on my own or touched it ever again. I was like, okay, close the laptop, walk away. We're done with this because that's what a lot of it was. But that's again, people talking from emotion and not looking at it without the emotion, take that out and just do a point system. Um, so yeah, we don't have the emotion on Lindsay, I guess the same <laughs> as we do with D or rail or any of the rest of them. But she's also, I don't know. Um, She's not done either, right? Like she's still she. No, she's still going. What's what's her stud horse name? Is it SME one of a kind? Rana, is that a stud horse? And was the was the damn Martha? Yeah, and correct? my first down dash. Yeah, and he's yeah. really nice. Very yeah, very so nice. nice. Yeah, so we will see her. I love Martha. We love Martha. Martha's amazing. I used to clean her stall. Actually, oh, you did. I bet you did. Stall boy. Yeah, yeah, we, we, yeah, because my dad managed Rick's food lot there for a bunch of years, and Lindsay spent a summer at home. She had so much presence. Joke. I have a picture with Martha on my Instagram. Yeah, she moved with so much presence, Martha. Like her, yeah, she's amazing. That one for sure. She's awesome. Yeah, 
Love Martha. I would like you to share that photo when the podcast comes out. Please <laughs> is, include uh, it. Yes. It's actually you're the reason for her success. Yeah, yeah. There she it already, is. There's already the won key. her titles at that point, but I think so we'll give all myself all the credit, right? So yeah. could we say that Martha's the best barrel racing horse ever from Canada too, or is she from the US? She was I've... bred in the US. Mm-hmm. Oh, so she's and did, American. Did Dina have her before Lindsay as well? Yeah. yeah. And Dina Kirkpatrick, she's American. So, mm-hmm. so I wouldn't say, uh, then how do you want to base that? Like the greatest horse, is it because uh, the owner's from Canada or do you want a idea. horse from Canada? It's yeah. Ted. A rabbit hole. Let's just not worry about that. Yeah. We're not going <laughs> to, we are not going to, you know what I will say a Canadian horse has to be phenomenal because the ground here we run in like, Oh, you go to you rodeo in the U S and it's like, Oh, a nice square arena with a center alley. And it's set up for a horse to be successful. But here it's like, oh, here we run chuck wagons and you're going to come at it from an angle and half played hockey here last week. Yeah. (laughs) Like it's going to be a close date. And then it's like, and I have seen lots of people come up here and think, oh, Canada, it's going to be a piece of, you know, I'll go make the CFR. It's going to be easy to qualify to make the CFR. But I'll tell you, it takes a special horse to be a tough horse in Canada. Absolutely agree. Do you, do you think when it comes to Lindsay and like the not getting the Canadian title, do you think the money available part is a factor? Like I know we were talking earlier with like Jared Parsons winning 56,000 in Canada. Like, was that the same case back when she was winning a bunch? Like she would have had to, so. she wanted to pursue those world titles. She, she had no choice, but to stay down there. Like she couldn't have won enough up here to contribute and contribute to that thing. I would, so like she, she had just, lots of money won in Canada. Cause she always did good at like Pinoca yeah. and stuff. So she always had lots of money won coming into the CFR. Cause even like a guy like Oren nowadays, like he, he goes to enough rodeos and makes enough money just so he makes the Canadian finals and he can go to yeah. the finals and win the title. Whereas maybe back then the money available wasn't there. And I mean, I know like the CFR money was like 12,000 to go around and stuff. So mm-hmm. it was, I don't know. So uh, we're going to talk about, well, I had something else, but I, I lost it. You guys keep going. Darn eh? Yeah. Is that kind of, does that kind of cover it though? We're kind of content with our list. Yeah. I mean, list. I am. I, who else are you going to add? Is anyone going to fight you at the CFR? If anybody wants to fight me, you can find me hiding. I can't tell you where I'm going to be hiding. You can't find me. How, Please don't fight me. How much of a, uh, <laughs> how much of a, uh, uh, stirring of the pot did we just do by releasing the show right before the CFR? Honestly, Ted, no one's going to pay attention. They're no not going to worry care. about this. They're going to be paying attention to the CFR and not worrying about this list. Then serious? they're going to fire up the list. They're going to fire up the podcast after. And then maybe that's when people. But also, upset. I'm going to give honorable mentions. There's quite a few yes. Canadians that have made yeah. the NFR. They didn't yes. get yes. on the list. We had Leslie Slosher. Yep. We had WPRA rookies, Jill Bishop and Jody Hollingworth, Kathy Grant. That's just Tracy McDonald. Name. Tracy McDonald made the NFR, had multiple CFR qualifications. My aunt Trish made the NFR. Yeah. Trish Brown. Um, there's lots of girls that have gone on and done well, like that are all, not on the list because of the way the points are set up, right? Literally the points and making this list in 2019. So Katie Garthwaite too. Yeah. But like she was a married into Canada. Canadian. Okay. okay cool. She was from Condon, Oregon. A bad info. Fair. Got bad info. Her birth certificate. We can claim Danielle Campbell as a Canadian. Her birth certificate is Canadian. Hey, we can take that. Yep. Let's we'll take, take that. that. So, yeah, I think we should just wrap it up then, eh? That's cool. Are you happy with this? I'm th- I think it's cool. And like, I think the the thing people, again, we've talked about this so many times throughout the show, is like people need to realize it's based off, it's an accomplishment-based system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about the best in the sport, 
it's always about how much they win. You know, yeah. even like look at basketball with LeBron Winners win. and Michael Jordan. Like Michael yeah. Jordan has five or six titles and LeBron has one. It's like and the Lakers suck this year. The Lakers suck. So it's like yeah. it's, <clears throat> go Raptors. You you may have your favorites and and like giving back to the sports a huge whatever sport you're in is a huge thing. But when it's down to like the best in the arena doing the sport, like I think we've nailed that list down very well. Okay, so to recap, number ten, Isabel Miller. Number nine, Rayleigh Walter. Number eight, Carol Wilson. Number seven, D Butterfield. Number six, Carmen Pazabon. Number five, Ruth McDougal. Number four, Rayel Little. Number three, Jerry Deuce. Number two, Deb Gully. And number one, Lindsay Sears. Whoop, whoop. All right. <laughs> yeah, barrel racing. Woohoo. And there's lots of other good barrel oysters in Canada. Just yes, so. they're everywhere. And we they're love, everywhere. I love all of you. Oh, my God. Yeah, Stop. it's okay. Please don't. <laughs> but I do think we have very good barrel racers, and it is hard to be a good barrel racer in Canada. And. We have Chuck Wagons, which is a nice little Chucklandia. A nice little sprinkle of mayhem in the arenas sometimes. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I forgot about that part though, but like they want the ground, like you said. No, but they I've slide, talked to some people corners, and they don't necessarily want that. They still want safe ground for their horses as well. They don't want it to be necessarily cement. But then someone along the way had said we want cement, or someone had assumed that, and that's what they think is like the basis for chuck wagon ground, but enough people that I have spoke to have said, no, we want safe ground for our horses as well. The, the one good thing with the WPCA is that they have consistent people there all the time. They actually have consistent people at all their events. Like it's either buddy yeah. Ben's Miller or, or certain people, you know, Les McIntyre's at most of the shows, uh, Brian Hebson's at most of the shows. Like they actually have consistent people producing kind of producing the shows every week. Right. So they like, buddy's kind of the go-to on, on ground and infield. And like they have, they have that system where, but when it's a Chuck Wagon show, it's going too. to one event. They're all going to one event. They move yeah, exactly. as like a carnival almost. So does- <laughs> no, you know what Whoa. I mean? Oh my God. Whoa. All right. Now I'm going to have the Chuck Wagon people fighting me. Never mind the barrel racers. Oh God. Oh, wow. Do you know what I mean? No. Wow. Yeah. They just move. Oh, tell us more. Dig deeper. No, I'm, I'm done. Right. I got to They leave. just move right along with the W West coast amusements. There's just like the same convoys. Are we trying Chuck to say? Landy, they're all in the dirt. I was so worried about their own rides. Stupid, yeah. And I did it at the end. Whoa. Go me. Whoa. Anyway, so that they, they can have a person to, to do that at every event. Whereas like for well, the rest of us, be like that. because we've got how many rodeos going on every weekend? Why do we have to have so many rodeos going on? Because there's only so many weekends <laughs> in the year before it's snowing. Let's not get into that. It's another time. All right. Okay. Thank you both for joining us. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks Thank for you. listening, folks. <laughs> really did a good job. <laughs> Okay, we'll see you all next time. Appreciate it though. Thanks again, Cassie Houseauer, Lipstick and Cowboyboots.com. Nailed it. Check it out. If we don't have it, you don't need it. <laughs> Rana Kubins, thank you for uh, your your uh, honorable mention to our list. Uh, there's still time. You can make the list. We'll review You're number it soon. thirteen on the list, but number one. On Suzanne's our list. my inspiration. Yeah, Suzanne's amazing. Keep rocking. Why don't we talk? Do we talk about a little bit of her career as well? Yeah, rock and roll. Okay, let's talk about your career, Rana. Oh, I don't really like. I'm good. Really to talk about it. Apparently you want a Canadian title. You <laughs> I had a good horse. I had a very good horse. That's all. Who was your horse at the time? How was your horse bred? We bred him. Yeah. And his name was Doc. We had the mare. Anyways, yeah. We came from our breeding program. We had a son of EasyJet. And I, he won the BFA, the first, actually, he won the first pro tour, like slot race. He won 100,000 as a three-year-old. 
That's so cool. First original slot winner. That is so oh, cool. cool. That's huge. See, there's random things like this, so I would love to add to the list. Like, that's can't, so cool. Yeah, I know we can't. I know we can't. How, we can't, how, how like, do we? How would we add some of that stuff though, like the futurity side? Because it's not. I don't know. These the records are. Can't do it. I don't know how you do that. It's rodeo. It's rodeo. I know, but anyway, it's Equistats. He won. He had the highest Equistats that year. There we go. That's big. Do you guys think that Pain Horses and Appaloosa get a bad rap in the barrel racing world? I feel like they. You know what? If there was a fast one, I wouldn't care what it looked like. Yeah. We don't. They have been far and few between. That's all. You know, maybe there's just less of them that do as well. Yeah. Okay, but no, I want to continue on with your career. Sorry, let's come back. No, I'm, what, what did you run, Wacy? What was your horse's name? Um, so back in the day, the one I won on, his name was Roper. He was just kind of an all-around horse of ours. Pickles was, he was solid. And then my other barrel race I won on was my sister's high school rodeo horse. Her name was Casey. She was badass, very badass. She used her. She was not like all-around horse, good barrels. What was Casey's breeding like? Oh God, Frenchman's gay. <laughs> or what the? Uh, I don't even know. Yeah, badass. That's my mom. She knows all that. That's her job. I just get on the horses. Well, thanks again for uh, doing the show, everybody. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. We'll uh, we'll wrap it up here, and we'll be back with our uh, shenanigans from the last few weeks. Wait, so we'll catch up on that in a bit. And uh, yeah, thanks again, everybody. Appreciate it. Thanks. Have fun, CFR. We were flashing Okay, so thank you to Cassie Hausauer and Rana Koopmans for joining us on the Best Braille Racer Show today. I think we were pretty close on our whatever. It's probably less. That one's probably less fun because people know that it's gonna be Lindsay at the top. They probably will know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. based on our point system. Now it's getting a little bit predictable, but I don't even know who would be on the top of like the tie down list because we haven't had a Canadian be a world champion in the tie down, and like bareback riding would be interesting Mm -hmm. because we haven't had any world champions. I don't think. Uh, Steerlessing we have tie yeah tie down team roping would be Jeremy and probably Levi. Jeremy and Levi mm. maybe maybe uh oh Dean Tufton was a season leader in the PRCA one year mm-hmm. but um our friend Brinson Harris as well on joining us for the top and bottom of the show you're on our way back from Saskatoon uh, Lonnie West wins PBR Canada Cup Series show in Saskatoon uh one of it before the finals in Edmonton next weekend. At Rogers, that's place. coming up. What yeah. do you? Who do you guys got? What do you guys got heading into the finals? I, I picked uh, Nick Tets to win it in Grand Prairie. He was my pick. Who did you pick? Um, remember that? Yeah, I don't remember exactly who I had, but I mean, I know that Peter has it written down. Prince, yeah, you got talking to the mic. Sorry, <laughs> not used to it all up on me. I'm not used to hanging out. I'm not used to having it in my hands. <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> No, um, so what did what did we what did we do last night? Uh, oh, Brinson does this boot promo for Dan Post boots <laughs> with Lamleys, and he so a lot of the boots like are really messed up because mm-hmm. that's the deal, right? Like dirty, yeah, it's the, the dirty, it's ball, dirty yeah. dirtiest boot contest. And so, but they're not really as much as dirty as they're like 
fucked worn up. out. Like just like they're blown like out. They're working. Yeah, boots. like the one who put on Friday had no heel. It was just like how do, there was no heel. How do you leave? The how do you wear a boot? That? Yeah. yeah, that's well because like, that's, that's why is because they say oh PBR's in town. Like I wear my boots. But the heels, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Wear my boots. I only have one heel, two boots. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Kind of bizarre. Like, I couldn't imagine that myself. But, uh, but (laughs) Brinson has this thing. I don't know if, I don't know if you're fucking with us or if you're just like, (laughs) what's going on? But like, a a boot will have a hole. It's big enough to like put one finger through. And then he like jammed two fingers. He's like, oh, it's a two finger. (laughs) (laughs) And then, and we have a confidence mic that that I hook up for like Brett and Brinson and I. You can talk right in my ear. Yeah. So, so. Brinson says that, and, I'm, and I get in the mic, and I'm like, that's what she said. <laughs> right in the middle of the show. And he, like, kind of laughs, like, in the middle of the promo. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to do something, you know, yeah, sponsor-related, yeah, yeah, seriously. Yeah, yeah. And he says, that's what she said in my ear. <laughs> so only people in the, in the world that know is Brinson and Brett and I during the middle of now the Now everybody promo. knows. So sorry about that. That's so funny. I hope you got a kick out of it. That was, that was pretty good. So speaking of that kind of stuff, what's the most bizarre thing that's oh. happened during a promo that you've done over the years? A sponsor promo. Like There's going to be some wild shit. Well, this weekend, uh, during our little sponsor promo, we had a, a squirrel costume. <laughs> kind of squirrel costume. With his big nuts hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> Fuzzy, fuzzy nuts, like oh, squirrel nuts. No. Yeah, and that was his, the, that the was Saskatoon. Um, another one was Saskatoon. We had a uh scary clown there. Remember? Yeah, it would have been it been four years ago, five years ago, maybe. Um, I've been coming to uh, Saskatoon for ten years, and it's a pretty crazy town. It's a wild town. It's a wild. Kudos town. to Saskatoon. They party there. They a bunch of farmers party man. there. I don't know if somebody died there when we were there, but there was yeah, somebody, somebody died on Thursday underneath the tarp. Like dead, mm-hmm. actually, Saskatoon. Yeah, like I looked back up because there was somebody like some shit went down at the Long Branch on Friday, apparently. And we were looking it up and then like, yeah, I looked it up and I was like, yeah, somebody died on Q Avenue or some shit, like not far from the Ramada. Some shit going down with the SWAT team. They had like bust me out. Yeah. So some shit went down in Saskatoon too, but yeah. But yeah, no, these, uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the, another one was when they were throwing all the boots, we thought that was a good idea. And it was not a good idea. Not a good idea. <laughs> flying in the air is not a good idea. <laughs> not a good idea. <laughs> You're not throwing your boots. Hey, someone's the top talking ropes. their size fourteens from the yeah, fucking steel leaders. Yeah, from the second, from the second <laughs> ball. Steel toes. Oh, not yeah. good. Oh boy. Um. Cool. Sweet. So, so, so yeah, Saskatoon, Dakota Butters, new number one in Canada. Um, what, where's uh, we Lonnie West sitting? Because he's like, like seventh. He's yeah, pretty he was, far he back. Was way, he was way down, but the win, a lot of shit can go down. Win a big one like that right here at the end. Yeah, there'll be a bunch more points in Edmonton too. So, what are you guys looking most forward to in the the finale? Oh, a big ass the, sound system in Edmonton. Yeah, I think the the, the bull riding is amazing. Unreal building, huge the, crowd. The to end the season is amazing. You know, we've all been working really hard to have a, a good season, but just to that place, just mm-hmm. to walk in, back into Rogers Place yeah. again would be. And it's, our, it's a party. It's our a party. production booth is like right off the Oilers. It's right in there. Yeah. It's right off the Oilers yeah. like dressing room. It's the same one they walked down. So I just, that's cool you to pretend me. you're Connor McDavid. Yeah. That, that, that one's kind of cool. But I got to go back to the, the list too. Thanks again to Cassie and mm-hmm. Rana for doing part, like being part of the show that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, hopefully everybody enjoyed the list. Uh, hopefully it creates some conversation and honors some of the people on the list that aren't, that aren't as, uh, you know, they haven't competed in a while. You know, they, they've mm-hmm. been out of the business for, for a little bit that way, too. So I, I appreciate I like those lists. Uh, again, it'll probably change a little bit as we get some more, a little more info. We don't know everything all the time mm-hmm. when we're doing those lists. Some of the records are hard to find. So uh, thanks again that way. But yeah, so Saskatoon went great. 
Uh, Yorkton's this week on the PBR Canada Tour. Canadian Finals. We've already talked about a few picks, but mm-hmm. uh, Brinson, we're back for Edmonton, like you said. And then, uh, then we get a little, little tiny little break. I like it. Yeah, yeah we, we, we going hard for the last uh, couple months. And it's been a big about, run. It's yeah. about May. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I had uh, my first weekend off last weekend, and it was my last weekend off until end of December. So uh, just like you guys, you know, even though it's the finals, it's uh, still kind of a busy season, mm-hmm. November, December. Can we can we can we announce our residency <laughs> for what in Vegas, the Tropicana thing? Oh, all there that we're in the convention center. We don't have a booth space yet for no sure. Booth space yet? No. No, I didn't say what space yet. Oh, okay. Well, we'll stay tuned for some. Most from tomorrow. Stay tuned for some Vegas updates. Here yeah, next. we might we be some, we might be in Vegas if we can figure out how to get <laughs> how to get all our shit there. We got thirty five days before showtime, and I'll drive some it. logistics to figure I can, out. I can drive it. I guess you could, eh? You buy your flight here, and then you can drive it down. Yep. Hmm. Maybe. I'm gonna have to hire you to work in the booth, actually. Oh, but you're gonna be in Fort Worth too. Well, I'm only gonna the be first there for weekend. Uh, one through four. Yeah, you're gonna be out of commission too after the wedding shenanigans. Well, we'll we'll talk about we'll, we'll, get we'll work these, about that. Stay later. tuned, folks. Anyway, some cool shit happening. Thanks again to Sweet Pro CFR. Come see us this week. If you've listened to the show, uh, maybe you don't know us, come and introduce yourselves. Come say we'll hello. be kicking around. Yeah, yeah. Um. Come take a picture yeah. with the cutouts. Yeah, draw a we'll mustache be... on my face if you want. Yeah, yeah, whatever you want to do. We do it and check our shit out on cowshit.ca. Yeah. yeah, order stuff official. online. Christmas is almost coming. Uh, yeah, we got stuff at at Lamy's in Red Deer. We got stuff at Wee's in Red Deer. We got stuff Jones, at Jones Boys. Boys in Red Deer. We're everywhere. Um, we're we're freaking everywhere, people. Mm-hmm. So yeah, come see us. Going to be some good shows. Getting all those lined up at three thirty p.m. daily on the trade show stage. The buckles are afterwards. Cowboy shit watch party doing the show and. Brinson, happy birthday. Thank you, brother. Your, your birthday comes out on Wednesday when the show comes out. So happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. So after another year walking this this earth, what's one? Are you 30 what's, now? 29. 29. 29. Okay. What's one thing you learned in your 29th year? One lesson or one takeaway or something you want to work on in your 29th year? Um... Um, I definitely would have to, uh, one thing I've always, I've learned the most here is, uh, cause uh, I've been pretty hard partying this year. Okay. I mean, I've, I've, I've learned a lot about myself mm-hmm. and, uh, the biggest thing I'm going to take away from this year might have to be just as always spray the spray when you use the bathroom. <laughs> Cause you never know who's coming up next. <laughs> and there you have. There what you about have it, what about if you're in a bathroom in Saskatoon in the hallway, and there's no spray in the bathroom? Then you just leave it rot. Yeah. <laughs> you just <laughs> want any blaming on Kobe Moore. You just won. <laughs> you just won the pyro guy coming in next. Oh, yeah. so you're like, hey man, that was Co- that, that was Kobe, not me. That yeah. was definitely Kobe. Oh yeah, I have I have news with me and Kobe too. So I asked Daphne. Uh, Finlay. Oh no! Yeah, this is heartbreaking. This heartbreaking news. Yeah, really. So sorry, um, sorry to end the show on us. Oh (laughs) no! I'm ending one of the longest relationships we've ever had. Uh, Kobe and I have shared hotel rooms across the PBR Canada tour and across uh, the NFR, and for a long time. It's been a longer. It's the longest relationship he he and I have either one of us have ever had. So, I asked Daphne though if I could have my own room moving on into the season next year. So if I didn't, so I didn't have to room with Kobe anymore. Uh. I'm ready to. I'm, I think I've grown up enough that I can. He's moved. He's moved past Even that. after Grand Prairie, what happened Grand Prairie? Oh yeah, when I freaked <laughs> out. Yeah, but Andrew helped me out because Kobe's oh, with the okay. Rippers. I, yeah, I, I Kobe's was home with the texture sending him. I just don't know if you oh, already been out. Yeah, I was in a yeah. bad time. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I'm moving. I'm moving out. Sorry, you, Kobe. I love you. But, he he uh, was okay with it. I, I actually walked in on it right when they were kind of talking about it. I was like, ooh, should I leave? <laughs> and I was like, no, we're, it's okay. We're okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, what's well, been a good run? Yeah. I mean, like, it's kind of, it's not goodbye. See you later. Yeah. 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 And like, and like, if I get, if I get lonely, I'll be like, hey, Kobe, you want to like, come over, stay, come over for one. No, they, they can get joining rooms where you can just shut the door. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So maybe that'll be step one. And then maybe eventually I'll you gotta wean yourself room. off each other. Yeah. 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 Fair enough, man. It's not that weird, right? <laughs> just, just take your service animal now. So your service person, yeah. Kobe, is not with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. This is off the trails. Okay. Good. Thanks, stuff. everybody. Been a been a slice. Until next time. Till next time. This has been Cowboy Shit. Thank you, Brinson, for joining us. Love you, um, man. Let's let's call it a day. I'm good. Let's have some pulled pork. Yeah, let's have some supper. <laughs> all right. See y'all. Boy, I've been cooking up one hell of a crush. Got you on my mind the minute I wake up.